interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 83 of Not a Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing partners in crime and minions with me. Rob, introduce yourself. I just got one question for you, Brandon. Oh, do you sure. really want to? Do you really want to taste it? <laughs> oh God! I, do I, you really want to? Do you really want to taste it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Uh, <laughs> and who are the good guys? <laughs> Hello, humans. <laughs> This week we will be covering Deathstroke Incorporated number six alongside Robin number 11, the new debut of Aquaman number one, Catwoman number 40, Detective Comics 1054, and Action Comics 1040. And of course we have a couple spotlights that we will be getting into before we get into our main reviews for this week. Make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, our biggest stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list for this week. If you would like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our Discord as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with that out of the way, let's get into some news because there is some very big stuff uh, for this week. Guys... I guess before we get into that, what's uh, what's new with you? Although from the sound of it, uh, at least before we started recording, uh, Josh is very anxious for us to reveal the news that we have kind of been um, <laughs> holding away from him for about the past five hours or so. Indeed, I uh, I was just about to get on and check the internet for some comic book news, and my compatriots here tell me to stay the hell stay the hell off the internet so that they can surprise me so i have yes. absolutely no comic news my driveway did get fixed my power went yeah, out in nice. my house yesterday and i managed to fix that so beautiful news all the way around let's make it a three peat shall we yeah well i i think you know just just to kind of get it over with and 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 excite you with the big fantastic news and the thing that we have been holding you in suspense for, all right? It's it's so exciting. I just I can't believe it. We have a new team coming to Aquaman and Flash, a three-issue miniseries coming out in June called Aquaman and Flash Void Song, written by Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing, with art from Vasco Georgiev and Rain Barreto. Oh. Oh wow. Damn. <laughs> that is awesome. That is very cool. Um, that but no, is, I'm, I'm, that I'm is... being, I'm being, yeah, I'm, I'm being a little facetious. That was not the big news. That's just something that literally what? just came out like a couple of minutes yeah, ago. That that's uh, awesome, though, <laughs> yeah. dude. That, that is cool. That is cool. But no, that was uh, that, that's that's another book that, that's still going to be pretty cool. I think it's picking up on them uh, after. Or wait, no, I think it might be just like an out of continuity thing. I'm not entirely sure, but it looks like fun. Um, but yeah, that one like three literally just dropped a couple minutes ago. Yeah, three issue miniseries um, from yeah Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing, Killer Team doing great on Harbinger right now, and uh, mm-hmm. Vasco Georgiev. So glad to see you getting more comic work, dude. I've been following your fan art since like 2017, so keep it up. Um, anyway, is, is no, that is not that's not the big label series, though, right? Maybe, yeah. 
of a what? <clears throat> a black label. I, I don't think so. It looks it looks a little more lighthearted than a black label book, but okay. um, yeah, I think this one might just be kind of like a fun, you know, one off thing. Like, oh, we're just kind of, you know, Aquaman, Flash, just teaming up, doing their thing. So, but uh, no, I'm unfortunately, good with that, that is not the. Yeah, that is that is not the the big big news that we want to get into for this week. I was just trying to be a little silly before we uh, blow your mind. <laughs> well, I think that's good news. So I'm now I'm getting even bigger. I understand that this is going to be drawn out as long as possible. So if we could just <laughs> get through the rest of the news, that would be fantastic <laughs> by me. <laughs> Uh, what else so, you got? Yeah, do you have another one, Brandon? Uh, the only other one I have is uh, another miniseries, I guess, because there it must be like some kind of summit or whatever that DC's doing. So they're releasing a bunch of solicits for new series this uh, this week. Um, but this one is uh, a book called DC Mech, which I guess is robotic versions of the Justice League. Um, I don't Are know. It serious? looks kind of fun and silly. Yeah, like we we have a Jurassic League. Why not have a a, a robot league? Um, I mean, I'm all for and... mechs. There's even a multiverse. There's a, a, a 52 <laughs> multiverse version of mech Justice League characters, but Justice League like Gundam. Is in... That is what they should oh. be called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, although my my that. hope is that. They really just go in on the characters being mechs or, or just, like, using mechs in a, I don't know, in, in, in more of a interesting story way that's not just, like, we're trying to sell toys, which was the case with another book. And, Kirk, if you're listening, you know which book I'm talking about. Oh, Avengers Mech Strike. Painful, yeah. painful read. But Literally just I designed to sell toys. any toys announced for that series, though, has there been? Uh, if they haven't been announced, they're coming or something like that. Yeah. It was just, it was I like, I'd pay attention to other toys besides Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's all I got. Six issue series. It's from writer Kenny Porter with um, art from Baldemar Rivas and colors from Mike Spicer. Okay. That's a nice team, Porter. too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take a look at that. I do love my Macs, so... Definitely. Yeah. All right. It's time for the big news. All right. <laughs> so, I'm excited. This, yeah, this yeah. is multi-layered for you, Josh. This is perfect for you. So, we all Uh-oh. know how you feel about Joshua Williamson. Yeah. Yeah, so, so he's actually leaving a book soon. He's leaving uh, Batman. <gasps> And the last issue might be in June, so in July with Batman number one twenty five, an oversized issue, there will be a new team. Indeed. But who and is it, Rob? It is being written by none other than Mr. Chips Darsky. Ah no way! <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it is yeah. being drawn it is being drawn by none other than your boy, Mr. Jorge Jimenez. Yes! Oh, shit, yes. Oh, shit, yes! <laughs> uh, see, aren't you glad we kept that secret? Uh, yeah, oh, I'm smiling so big. This there, week I needed it. Thank more. you, guys. There's what? so much more. There's colors from none other than Mr. Tomomori. 
Oh, awesome. well, yeah. You have to have Jimenez and Mori together. And yes. not only yeah. that, but while, of course, it will be a new storyline, it's for the foreseeable future, uh, at least from what I read on Chip Starsky's uh, Substack column, <laughs> it's mm. not a limited time thing. It's for the foreseeable future. It is until he just is told to leave or he quits. Yes. Oh, hopefully that's uh, that's run. not too soon. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. And that, granted, I, I mean, I know it was just a, 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 a couple of months ago where I was asking for a Zadarsky Batman. But honestly, I never in a million years thought I would get to see him on the main book. Yeah, and now it's not I. even now it's not even like a six month run. It's it's a I'm here until I'm not. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude. And you want to know uh, one other thing? There's one last thing that I think you'll be very excited for. Oh, Christ. There will be a Robin joining him, joining <laughs> Batman, and that Robin is Tim Drake. Ha <laughs> ha! See? Oh, shit. Somebody out there loves me. Somebody yeah. out there loves me. <laughs> yeah. You just made your day. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I guess, I, guess, I guess Bruce is kind of just like, fuck his son, right? <laughs> literally just like I, I guess I guess at this point he's like well I mean if I have to choose a Robin to work with it's probably not going to be you Damien my, my, my blood child my like, fucking Jason 2.0 I know he's like what I have like like five Robins now if I really have to choose it's probably not going to be you even if you are which, my blood son which kid am I going to love this week <laughs> Ouch! Because yeah. obviously you're not gonna get Dick to suit up again, because he's a grown ass yeah. man and he's not gonna dress up like Robin, because this is an Earth yeah. Earth nope. Two. Um, Spoilers done. Jason is clearly so angry that there's no way you could put him in a Robin suit unless you forced him in it. Spoiler has her own thing going on, and you know the last time she was Robin, she died. Um, All right. <laughs> so did Jason. Yeah. Uh, and Damien, I guess, I guess Bruce is just like, uh, I mean, you know, he's off I doing like his you, own thing, I don't, thing, I don't man. like you. I, I like you, but I don't like you that much. <laughs> um, we're going to so get into if, it, if I but I can't someone, help but think that yeah. Robin has his own little family that he's going to be putting together, but we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't think he yeah, needs maybe. Batman anymore. He's 14 years old, and he's like, I've outgrown you, dick. But I guess Di- or Tim Dan- is not. Tim is 17, yeah. and he still needs Batman in his life. Hey, you know 17? what? You know what? Or 18? Everybody else. Or 19? Or I don't or, know how old like, Tim is like, canonically. Damien has grown. I, I can guarantee you he's, he's been said to be 13, 14 now, but when he first came on the scene, he was like 7, 8 years old. He, the ages were said. Yeah, no, he was eight. Yeah, so when he, he's, yeah, he's he was eight, eight when like he showed six up. Six years and Tim's aged one. What the or, fuck? Yeah, I think it's 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 either eight or it's ten. It's like something like that. So well, that's funny. You can assume I was it's been like nine, but yeah, because you, you can assume it's been like probably three or four years since Damien came on the scene, and even at that point, Tim was probably fourteen, fifteen, because he'd been. I mean, again, you have to consider, like, the sliding right. timeline and all that stuff. Because even though he'd been he was since 89. He was 11 or... when he died, right? I yeah, think he was 11 like when that. he died. Oh, could be. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. It's very still... strange. 
I, that I feel is like right up point, in there in my of... top three Batman arcs. Yeah. Oh, the death of Damien. The d- death of the family, death of the yeah. family. Not well, death of the family, death in the family, and Nightfall. Those are my oh, yeah. three wait, biggest death, ones. Well, wait, death in the family. I always get them mixed up. Death in the even though they're completely different. Death in the family is Jason. Death of the family is Snyder, right? The, yeah, well, yeah. The, correctly. The yeah. Death, death of the family is where Damien died, and then in is. Or no, no, that's Batman Incorporated. Um, that's Batman death Man, of yeah. the family is the where Joker is like terrorizing the Bat family, and yeah, that was um, the second yeah. Snyder arc. Yeah, I yeah. I could have yeah. swore that, that was in part of. That wasn't a part no, of that death was, of the family. Yeah, no, that was Batman Incorporated, the second yeah. run, Heretic, uh, under. Well, actually, yeah. not under the command of Talia. Goes against Talia and kills yeah. Damien because he wants to be the real. He wants to be a real boy, like Pinocchio. Yeah. Talia's like, fuck well, you. You just killed my son. How dare you? I take that Cuts back. Off his head. I take that back. Death of the Family gets bumped down to number four. That yeah. run in Batman Inc. is then my 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 number three. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, no, I was awesome. I was thinking about that Following today because there was the Batman and Robin yeah. run was even better. Oh yeah! Oh man! Oh my God! Seeing the, 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 seeing yeah, the Grant Bruce Morrison Batman and Robin run is like one of the best Batman and Robin yeah. books out there, and there aren't a ton. It is. But it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's it's so good. But um, seeing Bruce lose his mind at the thought of losing a, his kid the way that he did, dude, I was so emotionally torn up with every fucking issue. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's maybe it was cuz I was dead, but that that just sucked me right in, man. Oh, it was such a oh, good it, story. It was very good. Tomasi wrote some mm. amazing shit and that silent issue is still haunting. Oh man, yeah. Wait, that's such a great issue. Him just gripping the costume. Mhm. Yeah, I'll never forget Batman tearing Cutting, cutting up Frankenstein to try and figure out how to bring his son back to life. <laughs> oh, Frank! I'm like, wow. Uh, Shade didn't prepare you for this shit. Hell no! I probably did, hey. but <laughs> can't nobody prepare you for Batman? Definitely. Yeah, um, but getting back to our our original announcement, yes, there's a, I oh, think there's yes. a lot of excitement uh, around this one. Especially because, as as Chip put it, um, he, I think, is the first person to be writing um, both Daredevil and Batman, or as he calls them, <laughs> the gritty ninja-esque white dude with stubble and tragedy on a gargoyle in the rain characters simultaneously. So, um, and that's not a, that's not me. That's pulled straight from his Substack. So if you want to see it, you can go there. Oh no, that um, sounds but, that, yeah. that sounds exactly like Zdarsky. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you, if you want to get so... your your fill of of gritty ninja esque white dudes with stubble and tragedy on gargoyles in the rain, read Daredevil um, and read uh, the upcoming arc from Batman uh, starting in June, and you can get your fill of that, I guess. Ooh-ah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. Does it say if Clayton Cowell's doing the lettering? I didn't see a letterer's name, but God, I hope so. I bet you it is. I bet you it is. Dream team. Hell yeah. I'm so excited. Covers by Dan Mora. (laughs) 
Actually, I think there. No, I guess actually, you know who no, I'd want to the cover. There Irvin Rodriguez. There actually was a cover. Let me see if I can find it. I think I retweeted it. I'd be down with Irvin Rodriguez. I've been loving everything that dude puts out lately. Uncovers. Beautiful looking poster. That if you go to the Twitter account, you'll see I retweeted it that Zdarsky sent out. Mm. Uh, I don't doubt that. The covers look really friggin' good. He calls up Jorge and says, hey, man, can you zip me up page seven real quick? Sure, give me half an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently he's like a, he's like a, a, you know, savant or something where he can just draw stuff incredibly fast. And I speed is not necessarily, you know, the, um, the mark of quality, but the fact that you can draw that fast and that well is, is again, it's like, you know, you're like a savant or something. It's, it's incredible. Um, yep. Scotty Young said Jorge Corona is like that too, where he could just like, like just draw insanely fast and insanely well, um, and just like churn I'm, out pages like a beast. I'm changing my name to Jorge. Yeah, yeah, it'll give you that. <laughs> Maybe that'll help. Right, Maybe so that'll help. The, the first cover is a main oversized cover is being drawn by Jorge Jimenez. And mm. then, oh shoot, that is the wrong link. Uh, and... <laughs> He's doing a Letter Kenny episode, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and a variant <laughs> cover from Inya uh, Glee uh, and Simone DeMeo. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's doing a Letter Kenny episode. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that looks so good. There actually was a little good. blurb about oh, where the hell is it? There was a little blurb about what the issue was going to be about. But the arc is called Failsafe. Yes, um, yeah, it's in like um, like uh, where is it? Like one of those <clears throat> comic articles. I was on it earlier. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Failsafe. This is Doomsday. Is what he's yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Failsafe right. is his doomsday. Yeah, so it's it's which makes it sound like Failsafe is a is a new stuff. character. Which I mean, we'll see how that goes. Um, but because yeah. Uh, yeah, what I don't know. I I sort of sometimes I see a new character and and sometimes it can go over real well and then sometimes my eyes go into the back of my head. Uh, I mean, I if he's calling it his armor. doomsday. Um, yeah. yeah, he is saying it's it's a startling enemy from Batman's past, and he has one relentless goal to end Batman no matter what it takes. But Zdarsky mm. will not reveal if that new enemy is a new or established character. So there is a bit of mystery involved. My guess probably, and and, and this is where I got a little pissed, because I was like... This is an idea I came up with, not to toot my own horn or anything, but this is literally this is literally an idea I came up with. Like I think, no, I know exactly when it was. It was it was senior year, um, twenty nineteen, when um, um, Jonathan Hickman had just come on House of X, and I was like, okay, if I could somehow 
magic the universe to get Jonathan Hickman to write Batman? What would I want to see? And I plotted out this entire idea of like, okay, I'd want like a six issue series where basically you'd have like a, a time between Bruce, you know, and losing his parents and Bruce becoming the Batman. Essentially what the night was, right? Or what the night is. And then that right. would basically enable you to plant some seeds for a later Batman run. Um, even though the, I think the idea was a little, it was inspired by Hickman, but it was also inspired by what Morrison had done with 52 and, and their Batman run as well. But then I saw this fucking asshole Canadian <laughs> stole my idea, came, came to my room, and I have it in a notebook, and, and stole my idea and came to my house and, and ripped the pages out and said, I'm going to do that. But but a million times better, and I'm actually working at DC, so I can do it. So fuck you, um, and basically do all the things that I had imagined, and it's probably going to be great. But I, I'm jealous because that was the idea that I had cooked up, and I'm like, of course someone else had thought of doing that. It's not a wonderfully original thing anyway. But I was a little salty because I was like, damn, if I could ever write Batman, that's exactly what I would want to do. But now someone's already done it. You don't want to. You don't want to do it again. But. Um, Anyway, you can. You just no. gotta wait five years. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but no, that's that's super awesome. My my guess is whatever mystery villain that he's concocted to appear in the night or will be kind of appearing in the night um, may show up later in the Batman arc, which is uh, I think is just a super cool idea, like planting those seeds early on in a miniseries you're doing to just kind of uh, expand on it in the main Batman title. You just build a lot of really cool stuff that way. Um, so uh, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm super excited for him and for this run, and of course for Jorge making his triumphant return to the Batman title. Um, it's uh, it's really good stuff. Oh yeah, so soon too. It makes me very happy. Yeah. Um, but hey, I mean, you know, even if it wasn't a particularly wrong, fuck. Even if it wasn't a particularly long run, um, I, I want to at least you know give some applause, some praise to to Joshua Williamson for writing what I have found to be a fairly solid arc on Batman Abyss. Um, even if you are Thus leaving far. the book for yeah mm-hmm. for something, I hope that that your smaller time on the book does not get completely overshadowed by everything that comes next because I do feel like it's been some solid stuff. So. It's been a whole hell of a lot better than his time on The Flash, which is what made me so nervous about him taking on Batman yeah. and then, of course, the whole damn DC y- 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 universe. Yeah, so... Um... So should we just spend the next hour talking about how awesome Jorge Jimenez is? I, I could definitely do that. Yeah. And I think I've already <laughs> talked about my my man crush on him, not just as an artist, but as as a, an incredibly uh, well fit and an, again unfairly like attractive person. It's not it's not right. Like I said, leave some for the rest of us. <laughs> you can draw well, like really well. You should look like comic book guy from The Simpsons. You shouldn't look like a, a supermodel. Again, so like, so what you're saying you is you if be... you if you can create beauty you should not with you should not hold on to beauty yourself. You should not have beauty for yourself. Like if you can create yep. beauty you should look like a gremlin. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, otherwise otherwise the rest of us are just like what are we supposed to do? 
but yeah, no. Much as I would love to, we, we probably do need to talk about some of the books for this week. Yeah. All right. Well, then... We could... The Super Friends oh. can talk about the Spotlight reviews. Super Friends. You can call it the Wonder Twins, and they can take over this segment for us. Do you do you have their number? I don't. I don't have their number. Um, well, then how the hell I'm am sure I supposed I can, to call them? I, I'm I'm sure you can find it somewhere. I just have to to um, to call Superman really quick. That shouldn't take a problem. I don't have their number, but I do have Superman's number. Um, you know, we're really we're really close. Cool. Well, you do that, when, and I'll get them in on for the spotlight. Yeah, when when Jimmy Olsen is out of town doing his Mr. Action thing or whatever other Jimmy Olsen nonsense he's up to, I'm actually Superman's other pal. You probably you probably didn't know that, um, but sometimes I moonlight as Superman's other pal in uh, Metropolis, and and basically I just kind of come down for a weekend, and we hang out, and we go to baseball games, and sometimes we go flying. Um, so yeah, um, I, I, I actually Let me ask have you a question. My, my own comic, um, because of course Jimmy Olsen has his Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. So mine is Superman's other pal, with an emphasis on, on other, like it's in bold, uh, Brandon Chandler. So. <laughs> Excellent. Who, who, who writes that one? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's somewhat. Yeah, um, I, I was hoping I could I could get Matt Fraction to do a, a mini series called Ooh. Superman's Other Pal, but um, he hasn't returned my calls, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we need to change it up. Maybe Superman's Other Pal isn't isn't cutting the tease here. Maybe maybe we need to maybe we need to change it to Superman's Buddy. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Super, Superman's well, I, buddy Brandon Chandler. It rolls the thing, right the off thing the top. Right, the thing is, right, I feel like the reason that, that uh, Clark has called me his other pal is because I think we both kind of know that for as close as we may be, we're not, like, that close. Like, you know how you'll have a friend that, like, you're you're friendly with, but you're not that close with? Like, you'll just kind of hang out when, you know other circumstances haven't worked out it's basically like that so when jimmy's out of town he's like oh well i can't really do anything with with jim so i guess i'll just call the other guy that i know and i'd be and like you're something to you're do. superman's guy i guess yeah so, exactly okay I, you're superman's that, guy that's why he's, that's why the other yeah, pal has got to kind of stay because it's like yeah. yeah it's it's like that that other friend that you hang out with when you kind of don't have anything else to do and the people that you actually want to spend time with are, are out of yeah. town Okay, so no, you're my guy. You're always my guy. (laughs) I got one question, and then we can move on. You said you go flying with Superman, and there's only three options for this. You either ride on piggyback, get carried in his arms, or stand on his toes. How do you get flown around? (laughs) Uh, actually, it's none of those. So what what we will usually do is um, because I think you we realized that it would be tech, kind right? of awkward. Uh, no, um, <laughs> well, we tried that once. The the only time I ever got to go to the Fortress of Solitude, he let me try on a Legion flight ring, and I, I fucked it up, and I, I like, <laughs> fell on my ass. 
and it really hurt. I mean, if you fall on ice, you know that hurts. Um, oh God, but yeah, no, Hell yeah. What, it's always what, worse what than we cold. do. Yeah. What we do, because I think we realize it's kind of embarrassing if I'm like, you know, in his arms and he's cradling me like I'm a baby or like I'm Lois Lane. Um, yeah, what he'll do is he. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what we what we do is um, he actually takes me by um, the scruff of my hoodie. So basically he'll like grab like the, the hoodie part and then he'll kind of just dangle me um, as oh, we're wow. flying over Metropolis which gives me kind of a, a good, you know, um, angle to view the city. Uh, but it's also terrifying because at any point I feel like I could slip out of my jacket and fall. And, That's what I'm um, saying, man. And splat yeah. on the street like the comedian. Um, but, you know, uh, what's what's life if not living on the edge, right? <laughs> I guess so. so. <laughs> yeah. um, we, 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 we have our fun, even if I'm not his best friend. Well, you know, I'm I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. What? Uh, well, I don't know. Why, why don't you tell me what you do when you hang out with uh, with with uh, Kyle Rayner? Do you watch movies? Do you uh, what? Draw we take together? turn. We pat. We pass a hookah back and forth watching anime. Oh Jesus! <laughs> that definitely sounds like something Kyle would do. Hey, that's yeah. why I said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and Rob goes flying in uh, in fighter planes with Hal Jordan. No, I would go drinking with Guy Gardner. Oh Jesus! Yeah, You're gonna my, wake my up in jail next. I think we already made that joke. Boston, but... <laughs> we did. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it tracks. It carries. Yeah, yeah. One of these um, days, Rob's gonna end up in jail with Guy Gardner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can I make a suggestion, Rob? Never attend a Comic Con. <laughs> you just don't know what's gonna happen, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now that we've uh, now that we've finished role playing, we can uh, we can get into some actual uh, DC comics storylines for this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, still real to me. Damn it. It's still real to me, damn it. Yes. Uh, All right. Well, I guess it's time to break that spotlight out, huh? Oh, we probably should. Uh, We probably Hmm. should. Um, So to kick it off, we're going to look at Wonder Woman Evolution number four. Uh, This is the same creative team. Stephanie Phillips with art from Mike Hawthorne, inks from Adriana de Benedetto with colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Tom Napolitano. Uh, Superman... Superman. (laughs) Superman's still in my brain. Um, Wonder Woman, after having killed with quotation marks around the word killed, Silver Swan is giving her a proper burial before she gets a sad little... uh, guilt trip with her past version or younger version or something like that um, before she is magically transported to the Hall of Justice. And this is the part where you could put the meanwhile in the Hall of Justice. That would have been a great segue. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Damn. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, well, speaking of the Super Friends, the Super Friends are kind of giving her shit. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Basically, 
the issue kind of goes from there as you would expect because the cover pretty much gave it away. Um, some arguments ensue, which leads to Diana fighting the rest of the league and ultimately um, having to take on every single leaguer individually almost, um, proving that she is indeed a Wonder Woman until she has to face off against the strongest of the league, Superman himself, uh, before we, you know, kind of reveal that, uh, that, that maybe she might not uh, have this after all, as it looks like Superman might have the upper hand in this uh, very dramatic cliffhanger. Um, but it was solid. It was, uh, it was solid, um, you know, solid artwork all around. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really have a lot to say about this one other than just like, it's just kind of continuing a, a you know somewhat interesting story about Wonder Woman and her strength and all the different things that make Wonder Woman wonderful. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's really it. Um, yeah, I ended up giving this one it's... an eight out of ten. It was it was just kind of a solid read. I didn't I didn't have a lot to complain about. I didn't have a lot to like rave about. It was just like solid read of a of a solid story. That's kind of where I was at. I gave it a seven out of ten for the exact same reason. It's an it's another trial for her to face. Though the last one we were a little iffy about was Silver Swan, whether or not she r- really killed her. This one is obviously fake. And the weird thing that I'm picking up here: next issue is called Gods and Monsters. It's not Trial of the Amazons, and I think that's a bit strange. Yeah. But um, maybe that's just because it's evolution. I, perhaps this is completely separate, but I was getting the impression that it kind of wasn't. Anyway, it was an okay issue. It just it lacked surprise of any kind for me, just more of the same. Looks good, but it fell down for me a little bit from last month. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat you guys are. I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's still a very interesting tale. I think the art is really good. Uh, yeah, this issue is just going through the motions now, though. It's not really detracting from the story, so it's it's still a solid book so far, and I think it's what six issues, so we're getting six there. or eight, I think, something like that, something like that, yeah. I would be down reading this as a continuing uh, story arc for Wonder Woman. Um, Ah, we can get into that, the other Wonder Woman, when we start reviewing it next time. I'm just getting a little... Cisco needs to go someplace. But anyway, carry on, my wayward sons. Carry on, my wayward son. And we'll go to Task Force Z next. Um, my wayward son, Rob, uh, will be covering that this week. So, um, Rob, Task Force Z, take it away. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> It's better than him going, thanks, Daddy. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I saw a post earlier this week on on Twitter of somebody saying, the word Daddy has become so sexualized that I'm going to need my kids to call me bruh. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need my kids to call me bruh. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Task Force Z is from writer Matthew Rosenberg with art by Eddie Barrows and Eber Ferreira with Matt Santarelli and Jack Herbert. 
with colors by Adriano Lucas and letters from Rob Lee. And I swear, Brandon, I'm not saying it just to bug you. I literally cannot just say Task Force Z. It sounds so unnatural. The only way I can say Z <laughs> is Dragon Ball Z. Uh, oh, no, you missed so the part t- where I muted my microphone because I had to throw up. Yeah. Shit. Tell him how you really feel. Uh, Zed. So disgusting. Task Force Zed gets interrupted <laughs> and taken down by KG Beast's Task Force blank. Proving that Waller is playing many games at once, while Mr. Bloom also escapes and then gets a job making more Lazarus with a Z resin. I still a fascinating <laughs> idea with this book. Lazarus with a Z. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, this honestly, the series I think is boasting wonderful art with a fresh story and wonderful turns and twists. Uh, this issue is an 8.5 for me. I still absolutely adore this series uh it's not top tier for me but is damn close and it's like i said it's a fresh take where else are you gonna get a zombie story where they're not really zombies definitely ditto yeah no i i gave this one an 8.5 too it was honestly it was um it's my favorite issue of the series so far um just seeing all these different suicide squads come together um and um sort of seeing the i guess um weird kind of war between them the the rift um while also kind of um furthering mr bloom's story which was a nice callback to the super heavy and uh and bloom story arcs from the new 52 batman run um Mm -hmm. so yeah lots of lots of just really cool stuff and i mean actually i i had to remind myself of this because um i was like have Jason and KG Beast ever like interacted before? Because there, there was something that was nagging. In not the back that of my I can. Brain. Not yeah, that I can I, I was think like, of. I was but like, when when I saw them together in the same room, and it was not acknowledged at all that KG Beast almost killed Dick. That's what threw me there. Well, I was actually, expecting what, at what least was, a line drop. Yeah, what I, what I was kind of like, there was something nagging at the back of my brain where I was just like, no, oh, but I feel like they have before. And I remembered now, um, Ten Nights of the Beast, the original story where KGBs first appears, uh, Jim Starlin, Jim Aparo, kind of a classic, but very dated. That, I and I like had completely deleted it from my brain. That story has Jason as Robin at the time. Um, oh no shit so they yeah so it was it was yeah jason as robin and you know or dick bruce as as batman obviously basically just teaming up to take down kg beast who is trying to kill ronald reagan uh like i said it's very dated but um I, i just i was like no i feel like they have so i went back to that story and i was like oh shit he was robin at this point so i wasn't expecting a a callback to that but there was something about the way that Jason was talking, kind of the familiarity that he was like chiding uh, KGB said. I, that, that's also just like a Jason thing. He's just, you know, he's angry and, and always willing to make a, a quip or something like that. But um, I was like, there's something there. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, I don't know, kind of, kind of a fun callback. Like that time when I was Robin and I was chasing you, trying to kill the president. And now, now look at how the tables have turned. Now, 
I'm the one working for the government and you're the one working against the government. Um, so I, I don't know. I thought that was like kind of a cool moment that they had there. No, um, I'm working for the government. No, I'm yeah. working for the government. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Before uh, before Two Face shows no, up, your task force sucks. Is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. It's uh, like I said. It's I think been my favorite issue of the series so far, and uh, I hope it kind of keeps this this um, energy going. Me too. It's been really good as far as I have seen um i don't know if saying that his first appearance would be dated him and him and jason um being in the same thing him trying to kill ronald reagan we could potentially be looking at kgb trying to take out joe biden soon so i yeah, mean no, it's like <laughs> now but like right if you, if you go back and read the original one and i would encourage people to do it it's only a four-part story but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's like very dated, and because it's yeah, it's very entrenched in '80s politics. So obviously, gotcha. if you're not familiar with that, it's gonna be like oh, oh boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I can sum up how I feel about this series pretty much, um, in a commercial for the next episode. <laughs> Who are the good guys? Is there a good side in this story? How much weirder looking will Bane get? Stay tuned next week. That's Hell that's yeah. I mean that's I mean I'm I'm there. I don't have anything to complain about it. I just want to read more, see more, find out what the fuck is going on. Has Two Faced actually turned into a good guy? When is someone finally going to pull it, put a bullet in Amanda Waller's head? There's so many questions that I really am hoping for this book to answer, and I'm enjoying every issue that comes out on my way to it. I gave it an eight point five two. Beautiful art, you know. So far, just just interesting story, and uh, I think good. one of my favorite lines in the favorite favorite actually not even line just interaction in anything i read this week which was jason and and deadshot are hanging as kg beast is getting ready to do his punisher shit and probably beat the shit out of them get some information and jason wakes up and he's just like oh hey deadshot morning how you doing deadshot's like can't complain so simple but it was just so great (laughs) got to say dead dead shots turned into a pretty chilled dude now that he died. Yeah, yeah. Who knew that death was all he needed to just uh stop being such a tight ass. Frankie says relax. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now talk about dated. <laughs> anyway. Um I guess I still see people wearing those shirts. <laughs> Mostly in comic books. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, I guess next up is mine, huh? Yeah, you can talk about this one because I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you should talk about this one because I, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to spend <laughs> time on to. this one. <laughs> all yeah. right, Teen Titans <laughs> Academy number twelve, written by Tim Sheridan with art from Tom Derenick, colors by Alex and Claire. Letters by Rob Lee and the cover by Sinclair and Rafa Sandoval. Picking up where we left off, there's a big boom. Mark and Jolie are dead. Some people are trapped. The Brat Pack and others stop Red X from escaping and force him to unmask. It's Brick, surprise, surprise, and he thinks that Dick is his dad. 
I didn't see that coming, and it's revealed really quickly that he's not his dad at all. Uh, but who told Red X that lie? Well, Red X did, of course. The second Red X, to be exact, that influenced the fourth Red X. After a villainous monologue, <laughs> after a villainous monologue, Red X stabs Brick and takes off. Cyborg and Beast Boy might not make it. They were squished together under rocks, and Raven says it doesn't look good. Brick is dead. He dies in Nightwing's arms. Dick doesn't really like that very much. And he says he's getting the one guy that can help him take down Second Red X and leaves. Uh, as he does, um, uh, Donna makes a comment to Starfire that uh, this is exactly what Raven said. And Starfire says, no, he'll never team up with him. But... Because everything is happening according to Raven's plan, and what we have seen in Future State, it looks we're it it definitely looks like we are going to be seeing Dick Stroke. The art is good as usual, <laughs> and, and the, the art is good as usual. And I, for one, I feel like we are definitely headed towards some so, so, some sort of Future State story. Um, Though I do hope that things aren't going to be as slow as they have been building up to this. I feel like it's just been kind of trading water. But I, I enjoyed the story um, maybe a little more than I probably would have if I wasn't so anxious for it to get over with. Hmm. But um, as a fan of anything heading towards what we were led to believe in future state. I am, I'm down with seeing where this goes at the very least. So I gave it an, I gave it a seven out of 10. Now Good. Brandon's score is going to be way higher than that. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll let, I'll let Rob go first. Uh, yeah. Cause I, 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 I have a question, an idea that might just make you hate the story more. Um, he has three issues to go. It's winding down. There's not going to be much more to see because we've seen the bulk of the first. Uh, yeah, the first mysteries of the story have been answered. And now there's just minimal mysteries left. Um, yeah, so what, what the hell's happened? And I think this ties into War on Earth 3. Or am I mistaken on that? Um... Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I could be wrong. I think, I think the wrong. next issue does, but uh, not the last issue. I think it's just like okay. 13 and 14. Fair enough. Or it might just be 13. That um, dumbass crossover event nobody asked for. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the mystery now... That I will I will call it a mystery because it really looks like Dick is going to find Wade, but as we all know, Wade's a little busy right now. So I Slade. think maybe, yeah. Sorry, Slade. Damn it! I, I don't want to blame. I don't want <laughs> to blame. Wrong publisher. Wade. Wrong publisher. Strike that. Slade. DC's listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Slade Wilson <laughs> whoops um, but I don't think he's going to go see Deathstroke I think he's going to go find the third Red X 
Really? Potentially. Because we all know, like, Red X and in the original cartoon for Teen Titans has deep ties to Deathstroke and that whole story. But in this version of Red X, like, they've alluded that Dick was the first Red X, but I don't think they ever actually said it was due to Deathstroke or, or any combat between that. They just stated that Dick was the first Red X and that there were others, but that's all they really said. Now we know there was a second one who uses swords, and there was a third one, and the fourth one is now dead. But who was the third one? When did that happen? So I imagine the third one is probably who Dick's going to go fight. We're going to have two Red X's versus one, who is surprisingly huge. Oh, and then it's going to be settled in a three-issue miniseries called Red X, Triple X. Triple yeah. X. That's a little dirty for DC. <laughs> That's you a little dirty for DC. It, but but yeah, I don't know. It's too hot to handle. Yeah, oh, God. It's too Vin Diesel to handle. <laughs> oh, God. Triple X. Turn of Z. Yeah, what if Xander Cage shows up? Oh, my God. Right? I'd lose my mind. <laughs> That'd be better than Vin Diesel. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. That'd be better than Vin Diesel. Uh, Take yeah. Ice Cube any day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, all, culmination like, of the story, though, that it, it kind of bummed me out. Yeah. yeah. I, I really... This isn't how it should end. There is a bit more story to go. War for Earth 3, for Earth 3 is definitely not how it should end. I really hope this book gets a proper ending, a nice send-off, and if if they somehow find a way to make a sophomore year, I'm all for it. But then again, I'm still waiting for undergrad sophomore year, and that's never going to happen. So that's I'm ready for happen. disappointment. So my, my theory on this part is that the, the Teen Titans Academy isn't going anywhere. They're just going to rebuild. That'll be while the book's not getting published. The final issue is going to be addressing Dick leaving and what everybody else is going to be doing and um, potentially, at the very least, the health of Garfield and Victor or uh, the beginning of them having to merge to save both of them. I really hope that's not the case. I really hope that's not the case, too, because I think that's just a really stupid idea. Cyborg is a great character on his own. He He's a fucking Justice League member. He he does not need to be relegated to a sideshow. And even though Beast Boy already is a sideshow, I think he's a damn good character, too. And to mash them up into one being, I don't see a way to undo that in a satisfactory way. So let's 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 not do that dc please yeah it's an interesting idea uh, for like an elseworlds or an alternate future don't make it main story yeah no because that's dumb yeah just saying but i do think i think we're gonna see the titans so to speak or at least ver- the ver- the very least we're gonna see nightwing getting really gritty and i'm assuming some of the titans are gonna peel off and 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 um be a part of that Though likely not all of them, because they're going to be wrapped up with the rebuilding the the academy, which is going to be an easy way to push characters off and say they're busy off screen, 
while other stories are being taken care of. That's just me, though. Well, okay. Uh, Brandon. How you uh, uh, what was that? How, how do you really feel? Uh, He's like, fuck was... Tim Sheridan, fuck Tom Derenick, fuck the <laughs> Titans Academy. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was terrible. I think I hated it. Um, <laughs> like, Is it because you was, saw it, it coming was... from four issues ago? It wasn't even that I saw it coming. It was more just baffling how how little I cared at this point. Um, where you know I know that the signs were there and the mystery was was right there and the you know all this stuff was was apparent. But you just get to the reveal that it's what's his name Brick, and I could I literally I could not have cared less. I just looked at it and I was. I think I literally said out loud, who fucking cares? Um, <laughs> because it was it was just like the most unsatisfactory, just, I mean, oh my god. Yeah, I, I don't the, know. The, I, the I, part that I did not threw like me, really, I, I'm like, he throw, they threw in this part where he's like, dad, where Britt calls Dick his dad. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell that was and, about. And then and, they had, and then then they had the audacity... Like, yeah, then they have the audacity to throw in a second Red X as if they haven't been building this out and dragging it out for ten or 12 issues at this point. As if anyone is going to care because this book is already getting canceled um, at 15. Like, the, the nerve of you to be like, oh, there's another Red X and maybe you, maybe you, maybe someone will care, but no one is really going to care. Obviously, this is not going to show up in Nightwing because Tom Taylor's telling an amazing story that has nothing to do with any of this shit. Um, so, yeah, I, I came to the end of it and I, I literally was just like, this was, and I, I rarely say this about comics ever because I just, I don't believe it. I, I always try and find something to enjoy. But it was literally like the biggest waste of time I've I've had um, reading an issue in a while where I was just, Jesus I came away Christ. from it. Christ. I could not have cared less. It was Tim Sheridan. I don't know if you're aware of how bruised your heart should feel right now, but oh, Brandon, God. as far as comics go, Brandon is Canadian. He's so nice to everybody, and he just I, called TTA I number twelve comics. a steaming pile of dung. I mean, basically, yeah. I love comics, and and even comics that are maybe not quite as good or not quite as popular to a majority of people. I always try and look and and. You know, find something of worth there because, I mean, you have to consider that, you know, people generally tried to put a lot of, I mean, not all the time, but, you know, people tried to put some time into it and, and really tried to make something that was worthwhile and enjoyable. And I I felt none of that from this. It was It was a waste of time. And as harsh as it is to say, I don't even like saying this about anything ever, but I, part of me is like, I wish I hadn't read it because it was literally just like a waste and and a letdown and a disappointment and I could not have cared less and I literally forgot that this character even existed for a point because it's like just the most inconsequential unimportant just uh, like superfluous ridiculous I'm gonna keep throwing adjectives that that mean nothing um, because that's what I felt about this so um, 
I don't know. I didn't give the score because, again, I just came away from it just like, who gives a fuck? Um, if I was had to give a number to it, and, and to be honest, I don't even know where I would land. It would probably be close to a four, maybe a three. Um, but in truth, I almost want to give this a no score because I feel like that's that's worse. And that Ouch, is how I feel that about this. Is um, holy fuck! So, I've yeah me. I've never given anything lower than a two. Yeah, ever. No, this, this I feel like this deserves more of a no score because this was just a waste of time and energy. And like I said, I wish I I wish I had I wish I had read another issue. Instead of this, I didn't get to read Hardware number four this week, which I was excited about because it's been a while since we've had an issue. Because I just I didn't oh, and have it's, the time. it's pretty and good. I wish too. I had, I wish I had read that instead of reading this. That would have probably been more enjoyable than a colossal, just unimportant waste of time. So that's all I have to say. There, that's that's the closest you'll get to a, a Brandon rant, I guess. Yeah, you just gave it a zero. You gave Basically, a comic book a zero. I gave it a no score. Like, I don't That's want a zero. to score this because it's a waste of time. Rob, will it's, you write it, this shit down? It's, it's actually, it's again, it's not even a zero because I don't want to give it the dignity of a number. It's more like N-A, like not oh, applicable. Fuck. Like, like this, no. this doesn't get, yeah, like no. <laughs> no. Like, you get nothing. You get nothing. Good you day, lose. Sir. Good day, N-U-L-L. <laughs> Zip, zero, zilch, nada. Yeah. Well, I said good day. I said good day. I turned it away yeah. for a second. <laughs> right. You lose. You get nothing. He's like, I would have rather gone nothing, back actually. and wa- re- read an episode or read an issue of DC Bombshells. Yes. So, actually, yes. Horrible, I probably would have enjoyed that more, and I didn't read that. Or the Garage book that they did. It was... It, you didn't miss much, man. Yeah. <laughs> you did not miss much. I no, I, actually, no. I'm 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 gonna stop. I'm gonna stop now before I start getting too mean. But um, suffice it to say, I did not enjoy this issue. No shit. I will say there yeah. there was one thing about the issue that I felt. I I keep my keep wanting to say insulting, but it's not really insulting. Just it Brick's last name, Pederasso, and then they reveal that it means Robin in another language, and I just felt like fuck off, right? That's uh. something they would have found out or would have realized at the beginning of the the fucking at the beginning of the run, and Dick would have been pulling him out and going, "Okay, what the hell's up?" Yeah, yeah, no, he forgot his Italian. It's it's been a while since he's trained with Batman, so he he forgot his Italian, he forgot all the languages that Bruce made him learn, and he's like, oh, Nonsense. whatever. That's insane. No, I don't buy it. Not for a minute. Nope. Nope. Especially, come on now. Not from the son of the world's greatest detective. Exactly. Yeah. One of the sons of the world's greatest detective. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, I guess we should head over to that. the regulars. We probably should, because <laughs> because uh, like I said, I, the less up. time I have to spend on this, the the better. Um, <laughs> um, 
We're wait. We're we're going straight into the books. There's no commercial, right? Because I have the commercial after Aquaman. Yeah, that'll work. We got well. Okay. I think we ought to go since Robin and Deathstroke kind of have some crossover elements. I think we ought to start off with Aquaman, Robin, and then Deathstroke. Yeah, I was I was thinking that too because Robin Eleven like literally leads leads directly into Deathstroking number six. So um, let me just shift that around. Actually, I can just read it up. So we will start then with uh, an exciting new release, an exciting debut as one story comes to a pathetic end. Uh, a new story rises out of the <laughs> disgusting ashes that has nothing to do with uh, Teen Titans Academy, but. Um, I mean, I like the metaphor anyway, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> for the Aquaman. record, he's talking about. For the record, he's talking about Black Manta, not the Aquaman title. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. That that was also a, a pathetic book, but I didn't read that one, so um, I, I assume it just got worse uh, from what I hear. But anyway, Aquaman number one, uh, exciting new debut. So uh, Rob, take it away. Gladly. So this is from writers Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas, with art from Sammy Basri, colors from Adriana Lucas, and letters from And World Design. So Ocean Master is attacking the UN as Atlantis is joining the world stage. Orm is angry as usual, and this time accompanied by a giant sea serpent. Both Arthur and Jackson, as Aquaman, arrive to help stop him and Jackson takes the serpent as Arthur goes on to take his brother. Arthur tries to talk Orm down, but he's not listening, instead acting more aggressive than usual. Meanwhile, Jackson is having some trouble with the serpent, and then gets thrown into the UN building, causing Orm to regroup with the serpent and escape. The Aquamen give chase and take them down together, and the serpent goes back to the ocean, and Orm is arrested. You forgot the part where Jackson whooped the living shit out of that sea serpent yeah, to the point where too Aquaman, yeah Aquaman's like dude are you okay <laughs> yeah I just, I just I remember fuck off that. Arthur I'm, I'm good I'm good man I remember that part where you almost got bit <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um yeah at the same time across the planet as the fight is being televised various people around the world are going into a trance like state and start speaking ancient Atlantean all of whom eventually attack other people or cause a terrorist event such as an explosion. And one of these people is found by Black Manta in Paris and is taken down, but the man suffers a cardiac arrest and unfortunately dies. And Manta takes the body back to his ship to examine what happened. And now back to Jackson, Raven picks up on Manta's location and gives it to Jackson, so he immediately heads off with Arthur doing his best to catch up. Jackson then breaks into Manta's ship and begins beating the shit out of him for taking another life, but Arthur gets in the way, stops him, and says that Manta didn't kill the man, and that they are all on the same side. So, damn (laughs) great first issue. Great first issue, in my opinion. I think the art is wonderful and colorful, the story is interesting, I'm excited, I'm ready for more Aquaman, and I say that with a plural tense. Because it looks like there's even more than just one. There's more than two. There's probably three, maybe more. Who knows? Technically, we had four Aquaman, if you really want to count Ocean Master. Yeah, I don't know about Ocean Master. We got got Aquaman, we got Aquaman, we got Black Manta, and we got Tempest. Yeah. Yeah. Tempest isn't there yet. He's not there yet, but he could. 
Yeah. Tempest and well, Dolphin I'm both waiting, need I'm to waiting be there. For Garth, yeah, I'm waiting for Garth to show up to just kind of, I don't know, fucking be there for Jackson. Because if anyone yeah. has been through the shit, it's Garth. Um, especially, right? you know, yeah. with his with his own personal stuff with the Titans and and Arthur and all that. So, I, I think I think he needs to have a little bit of a sit down and say like, "Listen, Jackson, been through some stuff. I know what that's like, but you know, maybe just take it down a little bit. I'll help you work through it. Help you train your aquakinesis. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we got to do to kind of help you work through this thing. But I'll I'll be I'll be like your big brother." Uh, I'm wait. I'm waiting for that. I hope. I hope they do that, because I feel like we yeah, really haven't gotten awesome. to see the relationship between Garth and Jackson at all. Be both being former Aqua la- lads, Aqua lads. Yeah. yeah. Plural. Yeah. Aqua laddies. Aqua lads. <laughs> That's an entirely different Atlantis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Aqua laddies. Uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's for for the first issue though. I I'm already in love. Uh, it's everything I've been wanting and more. And uh, I just hope that it stays this good quality. I, I think it will. I hope it will. This this one got an eight point seven five for me. Damn. Damn near a nine though. Nice. It, it's just a solid issue. I am all ready for more Aquaman. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I've been looking one, forward uh, to this one too. Oh, no, go for it. Oh, all right, yeah. Um, I've been looking forward to this one too. I, I mean, hell to the point where I even wanted to cover the Black Mana series until I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. But um, this felt definitely like a setup issue for me. It, it didn't feel any, like anything other than a setup issue for me. Um, Orm had to show up. I'm glad that's done and out of the way. Now it's time for Team Aquaman to kick some ass. Uh, it's a, I thought it was a great opening issue, even though I wouldn't call it amazing. It was it was pretty damn good. Um, had a, had a couple great fantastic moments in there. Uh, some of my favorites, and I gave this one an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Josh. It was like it was a it was it was. I'm stuttering. <laughs> uh, it was an effective um, uh, setup issue. I feel like it, it set the stage for everything that's going to be really interesting to come, um, but we're just not there yet. Because um, yep. so, obviously yeah, like the big of... shit's going to be with Zebel. Exactly, yeah. And, and I feel like all that stuff has been laid, and now we just kind of have to wait for it to grow. Um, and that's the stuff I'm really excited. So, yeah, I feel like yeah, Orm definitely had to show up and got to have Aquaman fight Ocean Master. And then, you know, we're kind of just for people who didn't read Aquaman the Becoming, we kind of have to remind people of what happened in that and that Jackson's going through some stuff right now. So, it, yeah, it all felt like it was basically designed to be that kind of effective setup issue um, to kind of get you interested in what's going on with Aquaman, um, even though I can't say it was super like engrossed in it yet. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think there were some really cool moments. A lot of the stuff with, um, with uh, um, Jackson, I think is, is what's interesting to me, especially there's a great moment where it's like flashing between Jackson and black Manta and you can kind of see them both approaching things in a similar but different way where Jackson's kind of the one flying off the handle and now uh, Black Manta is trying to be the more rational one so it's an interesting like kind of inversion of 
who they were before. So there's there's interesting stuff. I hope they do stuff like that moving forward. But um, yeah, it's just See, more now, of like an effective setup issue. And I'm I had interested. A, deep. I had a couple thoughts about the future of the Aquaverse, and um, I want Jackson as Aquaman. I don't think I've hidden that whatsoever. However. There is one other way for this to go, given the character development of everybody that we have seen so far. Black Manta has pretty much seen the error of his ways, and he wants to start doing good. Right? Um, Aquaman's feeling a little old. Ocean Master's in jail. Devil Ray is still out there and angry at everyone, including Black Manta. He hates everybody. So the possibility exists that Devil Ray, the antagonist of the Black Manta miniseries, elevates to Black Manta status. Black Manta and or Ocean Master both die. Aquaman is forced to um, take down Jackson because he caused one of the deaths by beating them so severely. And then Jackson becomes the new Black Manta. Oh, shit. I feel like that'd be a cool Black Label story, but I don't know. I want to see Jackson as Aquaman for a little Me too, bit me too, me too. But I was, off the handle. I was, I was um, reading and I'm like, at the point where he's also, supposed to be having his rage under control, it's, it's getting worse and he's got even more justified reasons to be angry. Yeah, but if you do want to see Jackson as, as Black Manta for a brief moment, watch season two of Young Justice. Yeah, there you go. Bit. Although he was undercover, but still. Yeah, but still, uh, he acted the way. He great season yeah, two, they, by the way. They they really yeah they really believed that one. Um, although that that story arc was a little, it had its moments, but it, it was kind of a little all over the place at times. Um, the only complaint I had was um, really was just. I don't know. I mean, okay, and this is going to sound weird um, because I, I do really like Sami Basri. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and I, I that, think, as far as I know, that's it. I've seen, yeah, I, I like from the stuff that I've seen from them, um, it, it feels like they're really good at, at, like, I don't know, more character focused stuff. Um, or I don't right. know. I, I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but it just seems like like faces and like expressions are, are more suited for for their work. But um, I don't know. There's just there's something about the style that that Basri has that just I'm not entirely sold on it for Aquaman just yet. And I, I don't know what it is exactly. The only thing that I could really? land on was that it just it looked too pretty. Like I, I, there's something I, I think it's because I was so used to that style from um, Ricardo Federici and Stephen mm. Sijic from the underworld stories that we had from Aquaman during Rebirth that I just I kind of got used to like Aquaman having this kind of grit um, and I, I didn't really keep up with Aquaman during the the um, Kelly Sue DeConnick run so I, I don't know maybe the style changed there but I think I was just so it used did. to that and like that kind of gritty like underworld murky style that this it almost looked like like their fashion models or something and i just i don't know some, something about it just wasn't like that style just wasn't working for me it, it's not bad at all like it, it just, no they are all just they're all, just, like it, it they're all drawn 
exceptionally yeah. good looking. They're they're drawn incredibly well. It's just something about the style. Just I don't know. Just didn't really fit Aquaman for me. But that was just a personal thing. Um, I just I, something about it just didn't work. For, for uh, well, I mean, I from his from your last rant, we're gonna understand that you just don't like pretty people. I don't. <laughs> I need Aquaman <laughs> to also look gritty and gross like me, so I can feel good about myself. Oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that would be a lie to because Aquaman, even with a beard and like you know tattered costume, still looks better than I will. So I, I, I think it's a it's a losing game if I tried to do that, but. Yeah, that was my only complaint, really. This motherfucker sitting over here saying shit like that, and he still has a full head of hair. Eat me, Brandon. <laughs> that's, you <get> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh you man, get enough hair that you can get a haircut. I am jealous. I'm fucking saying. Uh, hey, Paul has his uses too. I mean, look at Graham Morrison. He wrote totally rocks it. So. Hey, hey, being bald rocks, sometimes don't get me wrong. I, I sometimes I like <laughs> bald, but sometimes I miss being able to dye my hair any color and run my fingers <laughs> through them. I don't like that. I can feel it when the wind blows now. <laughs> I don't like that I can feel when the wind blows now. I don't like wind much, but I love feeling it on my head. <laughs> no way. No way. Well, speaking of people losing their head, a couple of people have in the next book that we were that we're about to talk about. Oh, have they? And uh, and what book is that? That is Robin number eleven, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Gleb Melnikoff, Louis Guerrero, and a larger world uh, larger world studios. Uh, Troy Petiri is on lettering with a cover from Simone DeMeo, and it looks beautiful, by the way. Way to go, DeMeo. Yes. And, and before you get into the issue, I just have to throw this out there because it, it, I hadn't really been following them, but I saw it this week, and it just blew my mind. Francis Manipal has been doing variant covers for this book, um, uh-huh. and all of them have been amazing. But this yes. week's issue, I think, is the best one I've seen so far. And normally, I again, I'm, I'm not really in favor of these because DC has been upcharging for some of their variant covers. But this week I had to make sure. an exception. Yeah, this week I made, had to make an exception because the cover is so fucking good. Like it looks, that variant cover is so good. It's it's just Batman and Talia, but Batman with the, you know, Batman Incorporated yellow oval with the uh, piping and, and all that stuff. The new Batman Incorporated suit and it's such a gorgeous cover. So I just, I just had to throw that out there. I love gorgeous variant covers. I've already talked about Bruno Redondo and all that crazy stuff he's been doing with Nightwing. So if you can find it or if you just want to see an image of it on the internet, it's there and it's great and it's awesome. Oh, yeah. You know what's not awesome? What's that? The Al Cools. Yeah, they're, uh, <laughs> they're not great. <laughs> not, the, not, not great at all. Raish uh, just so happens wanted to kill his mom. Uh, speaking of the alcohols, but Robin stops him. He takes a team of people he calls friends. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe he used that word. But um, Ravager, uh, Ravager, Respawn, Flatline, and Hawk, and they all go out after Master, Master Dusk, who is split from the island. Um, 
they catch up to him and whoop the snot out of him, and then they party. Well, they three of them do. Uh, Respawn and <laughs> Ravager hang back. Ravager confronts Respawn about their identity, finally. Respawn unmasks, and we're shown from behind that trademark slayed white hair with a shaggy cut. Looks like a guy. She knows him. Whoever it is says that they have been alone their whole life with just hatred for company, and Ravager says, let's get you out of here before anyone else finds out. They party. Everyone splits. Damien, holding a bottle of Lazarus resin, that's Lazarus with a Z, says he has somewhere to go, and then we're shown a picture of Alfred's grave. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was a hell of a reveal. Yeah, I was. That was a hell of a reveal. <laughs> what, what about what about the part where Damien gets his uh, Damien gets his back on, has his first kiss with the oh flatline. yeah, that's true. Flatline and him growing up, sitting in a tree. F i g h t i n g. Well, I mean, for the first I part said of the fighting. anyway. Yeah, yeah, for the first part of the tournament anyway. But, um, yeah, this is done so good. I was really worried when I heard that they would be partying in this issue, but it was it was done in a way that it didn't really mess with anything in the story. They needed a reason to celebrate. Robin is actually starting to chill out. On to Robin's next adventure, 8.5 out of 10. And uh, I think we should save uh, talk about the uh, identity of Respawn until after we get done with Deathstroke Inc. Ah, oh, yeah, because I I have some theories. Um, As do I. I have I have yes. questions and I have theories. So yes, let's yeah. proceed. I I gave Robin yeah. an eight point five out of ten. Robin got an eight point two five out of ten for me. Satisfying conclusion to a very very fun Mortal Kombat fighting themed uh arc for damien and i'm glad to see that he has moved on from his weird sociopathic i'm gonna throw villain in underground prisons ways and actually has friends in his life looks like that's all it took um just a lot of again great great character work and great character interactions uh this book had my second favorite line of the week which is rue al ghul screaming at uh, at Raish saying, I wish you were never born. Uh, it feels like something out of my own family. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of just great moments and great character stuff. And it feels like it's um, a lot of interesting setups too. This, this issue, despite being a conclusion, also felt like it was laying some seeds for a lot of interesting things too. The biggest of which, and, and Joshua Williamson, I don't know if you're listening, um, so I'm, I'm going to tell you how to do your job uh, now. No, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to give you an idea um, that if you're not already doing, you should definitely do. Um, Lady Shiva pays a visit to Connor Hawk, and they have a cool little interaction, given that they are both great fighters. Um, but Shiva alludes to a fact that while Hawk may have won this tournament, there is another tournament out there that may just be something that Connor might have the ability to do. And I just see in my mind's eye another tournament, but instead of being in the Robin book, it's just like a book about fighters. Um, although my idea was really just bring back Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, or I forget which the what the um, DC like 
kung fu title was from the 70s um deadly, that deadly hands back. of kung fu i think i think it might have been that um it, it was i have some yeah yeah no bring <laughs> bring well i just I, I don't remember if that's marvel or if that's dc because i know both of them oh shit at the same time um i, I was thinking that I, for, was I forget i think i think it it's it's either oh, deadly hands of kung fu or it's like the richard dragon book um it's probably the richard no dragon no book, no I know that's a dc character um Oh, man. I, I think I, I Deadly Hands of Kung Fu is where Iron Fist made his debut, so I think yeah. he might be right now. Yeah, so I think I think the other one is is the um is the Richard Dragon one. <clears throat> but no, my pitch is if you're gonna do another tournament of fighters, please just bring back all the like karate kung fu martial arts themed heroes and put them in their own book. Right, so Damien can do his thing, and all the martial arts fighters can have their own book because that's such an awesome idea. And you can have Connor at the forefront of that, working alongside or against Lady Shiva, however you want to um, tell your story. But run with that, please. Have another have another kung fu tournament, but just let that be the book. Um, just let the the martial arts fighters do their thing. I think that would just be so awesome. Yeah. But yeah. No. Eight uh, eight point two five for me. Just really satisfying. Yep. Kung Fu Fighter. That was Richard Dragon. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that idea. That would be awesome. Uh, two, two suggestions if you're doing that and taking it to a next level with a, a new uh, tournament uh, fighter story. Need to have a new soundtrack released, just like with Death Metal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that would be definitely. cool. <laughs> actually that would, that would be pretty cool actually what is it? Yeah. Um, but no like uh, have like a multiversal tournament if you will <laughs> yeah so multi-combat multi- <laughs> and then, then the multiverse's uh, greatest fighters yeah you can have Connor Hawk fighting Hong Kong Fooey oh, <laughs> oh my god my god Oh my god! To see that. <laughs> I never knew I needed to. Yeah, Dude, they had like needs... DC Hanna Barbera crossovers a while ago. I think they did that with like Black Lightning, but I can't believe they didn't do that with like Green Arrow or Connor Hawk or anything. That feels so. Obvious. You mean in the books? Yeah, they did some. Uh, mm. Oh hell! I was just I was just flipping through some earlier this week. Huckleberry Hound yeah, was in had, one. Yeah, they had Huckleberry Hound and Green Lantern and Lex Luthor and it was like Porky Pig, I think. Um, and Speed Buggy and Flash. That was a fun yeah. one. Um, and of course, the Elmer Fudd Batman one. Which was fucking fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. In my opinion, it was goddamn amazing. <laughs> it was a goddamn amazing. Yeah. Uh, How amazing was it? Goddamn amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You deserve a laugh track for that one. (laughs) Goddamn Um, amazing. Goddamn amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) 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 Fucking embarrassing. (laughs) 
at Elmer Fudd. Letter Kenny shout out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so yeah, you have a multiversal tournament, or Connor Hawk ends up in Otherworld, and all of a sudden it's another Mortal Kombat tie-in. But that's a little too far-fetched even for me. <laughs> well, I'd uh, love to do like a a black late. Uh, it's it's gonna sound super edgy, but I would love to do. I just thought about it. I was like, I would love to do like a black label Connor Hawk book of just like a super. You know, gritty, hard-boiled martial arts-themed book of him. Just I don't know. I I don't. I'm like thinking of it right now, but like something of him just like going around and finding fights to get into, and something like that. But I feel like there's some money there. You could you could do a black label book with Connor Hawk. Yeah. You could or do a whole damn book series out. just about the ninjas, man. I mean, yeah. and honestly, I wouldn't care. <laughs> Give me oh, a story, do, just find do, a decent one. Yeah, you could do, I mean, it's like super cliched and formulaic, but I feel like you could do like a, a six-issue or 12-issue series of Connor Hawk versus the League of Assassins, and you could make it a black label book and really just get into his psyche. That sounds like a Tom King book. Um, uh, a little too close for my comfort. In, in, but... premi- in premise, it sounds like a Tom King book. Um, I mean, think of all the know, people that you could have in it, dude. Merlin, Cheshire, Sensei. I mean, Shadow. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, Lady Shiva issue could be a new, yeah. you know, fighter until you finally, until you, until you literally get to your final boss of of uh, Lady Shiva or Rachel Ghoul or whoever it would be, or Talia. Lady probably. Shiva. That would be a good one. Yeah, Lady Shiva. To to me, Lady Shiva is the end all be all with the bat assery. Yeah. Can I yep. can I write That's, that? I, can I can I pitch that to DC? Can I can I get Gleb Malnikov to do that? I don't see can why I you do a twelve could. issue Connor Hawk series for Black Label. I don't see why not. Awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. As for as for Robin though. Uh, now we've been on such a tangent, I forget. Was there any of those reveals <laughs> we were not talking about yet? Um, uh, I respawn, that was it. Yeah, just yeah. just our thoughts on respawn until after we get done with Deathstroke. Okay, yeah. so I'll hold off on that because I have a big thought about respawn. We talked about the last page though, right? Yes. Okay. And so far as. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to pay off, but that's just me. I had an, It's, it's um, kind of funny. I had an interesting conversation with somebody on Reddit about this exact <laughs> topic uh, and, and how it's just probably never going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, and Damien, I would, uh, I would remind you to, uh, to revisit your own memories of what happened the last time you tried to resurrect someone using the Lazarus pits or Lazarus yeah. energy. When you tried to bring back Batman, I mean, I guess that wasn't actually Batman, but a weird corpse one from Commandy or whatever it was from Final Crisis, but that one nearly killed you. So I'm just saying, don't use that kind of stuff if you know it's probably going to turn out bad. Right. Yeah, especially since we, we know it, this is specifically the Lazarus resin. It's the yeah, same yeah. stuff in, in Task Force Z. And we right. know yeah, what that stuff's is... doing to people. Well, the, see, now the uh, stuff in Task Force Z has been diluted, like we saw er, er, earlier today in, in the Task Force Z issue. 
All right, I'm going to leave now because you both <laughs> just said that disgusting word. Did I say Zed? You said you Task Force Zed. You did. You said Task no, I didn't. I you you guys are you crazy. Do you have instant no, replay? Out of your no mouth. instant replay? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There's no, uh-uh. Yeah. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. That's not a letter. In Task Force Z. I'm going to have to dip out now. God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we saw that it is diluted. It is it is synthesized and it is diluted. Um, so that's why they're having problems with it. We don't necessarily know what exactly we would get from Lazarus resin taken directly from the island. So there is still that. Oh, yeah. That's true. But if I I'm, yeah. I mean it, dude, bringing Alfred back is just so fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I'm all so like, stupid. I, I miss Alfred as much as the next guy, as much as the next Bat Family person, as much as the next person. But like I was saying online, it would just cheapen the entire idea. It would cheapen the entire idea, and honestly, the placement for Alfred, the the Bat Family's outgrown him. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say because I know they have the movie coming up, and synergy is a thing that a lot of people want. So you know, if someone's reading Batman, they're gonna go, "Where's Alfred? How come you know Bruce is running around and you don't got a butler?" Um, Well, that's because Tom King killed him. Yes, yes, and you could just use Wikipedia. But I don't know. Yeah. I, it sounds like you guys feel the same way that I do. But I, I kind of feel like I've moved on. Like, I was upset when Alfred died. It was just kind of like, oh, whatever. You know, Bane killed him. Who gives a shit. This story went oh, yeah. to mess anyway. No, but I was I mad know, when like, he died. Yeah, but... it's been almost what three years at this point, and uh, like, you know, it, it still kind of sucks to not have him there. But I, I've kind of like, I mean, the Bat family's moved on, and they seem to be doing fine. And I don't know. I, I just, I feel like that place is kind of gone like yeah. you know you can kind of uh no i'm i'm on. right there with you it's the bat family's moved on batman yeah. is operating they don't have wayne manor anymore there's n- none of the things that give him a home character wise story wise or even location wise still exist yeah well i mean there, the wayne manor thing at least to me was kind of stupid but uh the 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 Alfred thing like I had moved on and we had that great like what was it the urban legend story with uh, with Nightwing where he's just like I'm having trouble not celebrating Christmas without Alfred and then he kind of moves on and, and finally mm-hmm. has his peace and his closure and it was like ah okay we're all kind of we've all kind of moved right. on we don't have to really good storytelling yes yeah. so I don't know I I, I, I could see it happening. Because I, I know that they probably want to get back to a place that is familiar of, you know, Bruce in the mansion with Alfred. No. And, no. And that kind of stuff. Don't no. I don't mind getting the mansion back. I understand trying to move things in that way. But the Alfred thing, I was kind of just like, yeah, let's just, we can move on. Like, we don't we don't really need to. Nope. I, I don't know. I, 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 I see, I, I I on, see like I zero reason to go backward in the Bat family. In any way, shape, or form, including going yeah. back to the, including going back to Wayne Manor, there's no reason for it. Bruce does not have that kind of money anymore. 
Dick has donated almost all of that money. Lucius Fox has the remainder of Bruce's money. Sure as shit ain't giving it up. Bruce just doesn't have that kind of cash anymore. And it's not like there's a good place to store a butler in a brownstone. You know, I mean, well, is, I mean, is, Al- is Alfred going to come back from the dead, call up Dick and go, bitch, better have my money? No. He's yeah. The- <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, my, my only thing with the with the brownstone was just like they the way that they framed it was just so ridiculous where they're like, oh, Bruce isn't a billionaire. He's like a hundred millionaire. It's like to anyone else. That is a lot of money, and you're living yeah. in like one of the wealthiest parts of Gotham. So it's really not that different. The only difference is you're not living in a, you know, a mansion atop a hill. You're just living with the other wealthy people, um, who. Want he's to not a hundreds millionaire. He's just like a regular millionaire. That's still a lot of money. It, I'm not. I'm not. Trust any me, kind brother. Of millionaire I, is, is, is 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 like as I just, someone I the way makes, that they framed it initially. Was like someone who makes just, well under six digits a year. I well under six digits a year. I am more than aware of how much millions of yeah. dollars are. But at the um, same time, that does take away. It, it's given us so much with him not just being being able to go. Well, I'll just make a new toy. That or aspect it, I did kind of like. Like, oh, I got to downgrade my stuff. But the thing with the mansion was just like. I mean, first of all. I, I didn't even I didn't even understand why they anyway that's that's a whole other tangent that I'm sure we can get into but um, that, that to me just always seemed like kind of a, the silliest change like it's really not that much different from living in a ritzy part but anyway um, should we should we get into some of the some of the theories now of uh, of uh, Deathstroke and his family No I think we need to cover Deathstroke first Oh, well, we probably should cover Deathstroke first. <laughs> Written by uh, Joshua Williamson with art from Paolo, Pante- Paolo Pantalena and colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr. with letters from Steve Wands. <clears throat> this issue opens with a, 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 a command that made me laugh, um, which is literally just now before you all bow down to me, which you will. And I'm going to I'm going to steal that. And, uh, and say that as, as often as I can, because that was hilarious. Just the way that it was structured of Deathstroke on the throne, just like, now, before you all bow down Which to you me, will. Which <laughs> you will. Uh, I have a task for you. But anyway, uh, what task is that, you might ask? Well, it should seem pretty obvious. He wants all of these losers to try and kill Black Canary. But obviously, that's not going to happen, because Black Canary... She lets loose her canary screen, beats the snot out of them, and runs before one of them manages to get a lucky shot and tag her in <clears throat> her shoulder blade. Um, but fortunately, she's able to get outside of the uh, Libra castle before Deathstroke uh, marches up to her and gives her the offer of a lifetime, which is that the system is not working. I tried being a hero, but it just ain't going to work for me. But you know what? Maybe this, maybe this trust angle, maybe this society angle wasn't such a bad idea. And uh, like we said the last time we talked about Deathstroke, 
if Deathstroke is going to be a king, he needs some kind of queen. And, uh, you know, Slade does happen to have a goatee. So it kind of works out. But, of course, <laughs> Dinah is a, a one-man woman and isn't having any of that shit. So naturally she does the only thing that you would do in this situation and throws herself off the cliff to escape Deathstroke's very awkward proposal. I imagine Slade was so upset that that is why he chose to shoot the monocle after he proclaimed that he was not going to follow some insane, you know, crazy uh, assassin guy. And uh, like I said, Slade shoots him in the head before he can even get his full thoughts out. Um, right. So here, here's the, the thing. Of, oh, go ahead. When, when, when talking to someone who you know has no moral ground whatsoever and is currently armed and has killed many people, don't talk shit until they put the gun down. <laughs> Yeah. Just a just just a rampant piece of advice there, you know. Just you know, if you're ever out there in that situation, wait until the fucking gun is on the table, man. Especially if that person is Slade freaking Wilson, who obviously is a shoot first, make any kind of questions later guy. Um, right. You think shoot first, make assumptions to... later. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you thought he was going to have any kind of debate with you about, oh, well, you know, I'm uh, taking control, no. He's going to shoot you, and then he's going to say, fall in line, and say, when yep. I jump, you say, how high? And if you don't yes, want to do that, then you will die. Um, but anyway, meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, uh, we already made that joke, <clears throat> um, Oracle is filling the league in on uh, Dinah's... Uh, undercover mission and Ollie is uh, speaking out of his ass saying, well, why didn't she tell me? And really gets called out on the fact that he has lied multiple times. Again, if you want to blame someone, blame Bendis. Um, but in any case, Ollie doesn't really have any ground to stand on considering that he has lied and worked for secret organizations and been just as deceptive as Dinah supposedly was. But Dinah, in a very dramatic fashion, shows up, slams the door to the Hall of Justice open and demands that they have a problem that they need to address right now. So they all just, I guess, rush immediately to Castle Libra, storm the fucking gates, storm the doors and are just like, nope, we're not even going to try and knock or anything. We're just going straight in only to find that the place has been abandoned and stripped clean, uh, with the exception of one painting, the painting that had been referenced a couple times in earlier issues, the one with the original Black Canary, Dinah's mother, which now is sporting a Deathstroke mask over Dinah's mother's face. In Zandia, the Secret Society are all falling in line, as Deathstroke had commanded, uh, and are being forced to wear tacky uniforms, Deathstroke-inspired uniforms, uh, but... As Just Slade says on. himself, I know, as Slade says himself, you can either join me or you can die. There are going to be people who may threaten that, but they can either join me or they can die. It's up to them. Um, and I think Rose says it best, looking over Deathstroke in his ridiculous-looking throne with his sword and his cape. Why did you get that? Um, but Rose puts it best, saying that uh, Deathstroke really let himself go this time. Um, not physically, of course, looks in great shape, but really just went off the deep end mentally. And uh, Rose and Ravager decide that it's time they had a talk with their, uh, their dear old dad. Uh, now, if you're wondering why I said their dear old dad, that's a good way to segue into some of our theories about who the mysterious respawn might be. Um, but I guess because... before we get into that, 
there was yeah. somebody standing next to Ravager. Yeah, indeed. Um, and uh, I think we're. What did that outfit look like to you guys? Uh, it looked like uh, Deadpool, according to Kirk. <laughs> according to Kirk, it looked like Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Deadpool esque. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. So we've got yeah, someone guess, who wears guess... nearly a, an outfit nearly identical to Deathstroke, and going off of the person showing up in Robin Eleven, we know that they've got short, white, shaggy hair. Go. Yes. Well, I, I the reason I had said their dad was because there's been a lot of speculation that this character may in fact be a resurrected version of Grant Wilson, Deathstroke's first son, also known as uh, the original Ravager from uh, New Teen Titans before his, uh, his hive uh, alterations basically forced his body to just kind of like decay and die. Um, and, and Slade never really got over that and the fact that his, his son had died, um, uh, which he blamed on the Titans rather unfairly. But in any case, uh, people have seemingly been speculating that uh, Respawn is none other than a resurrected Grant um, now sporting a, a white hairdo um, and is, uh, is looking for, for some kind of reconciliation or vengeance um, with his, uh, his dear old dad. So I guess we'll see. What happens there? Um, but that's what I think it, or that's who I think it might be. I think it's, uh, I think it might be Grant Wilson. It just feels this whole, I guess, attitude that Respawn seems to have towards Destro feels personal enough that it might be, you know, something related to his family. Fair enough, Rob. Where are you at with it? I am actually in the exact same point. I the first thing I went mouth was, is that Grant? That's it. It's, <laughs> it's the, at least in my opinion, the only thing that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That might be it. So no goes on the Jerichos. Probably not. Yeah, I could. It could be Jericho. I could see Jericho, but I feel like is Jericho even dead right now? I don't think so, but I, I, there was something about just the way that Respawn looked, and maybe it's just an art thing. But um, he he it almost looked, looked like like Grant, didn't young, it? Young, yeah. yeah. It, it just it, I think he looks just a little too young to be Jericho. Um, yeah, he, here's and this yeah. Guy can talk Jericho. Oh oh voice. shit. Yep. Okay. So that throws yeah. that one out. Now the thing that's got me pointed most at Grant. Two things that come together. One is that the very beginning of of this shit, we see Deathstroke talking about Grant. And the other one is that dude's name is fucking Respawn. As in, come back to life. Mm -hmm. They they didn't exactly hide it very well. You know, at this point, if, if, if you are... a if you are a Deathstroke reader, a Deathstroke fan, you're aware of who Grant is and what happened to him, and that that's pretty much the reason why Deathstroke hates the Titans. Um, it, it when you re- when you read Robin Eleven and then followed it up with Deathstroke Six, Deathstroke Inc. Six, you, there's there's like no doubt. I'm 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 damn sure that this is Grant too. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that reunion goes um, once we finally officially see who uh, Respawn is and, and, you know, also get to see Slade's reaction um, to, you know, who that person is running around in a very Deathstroke looking costume. So I'm definitely interested to see where that goes. Um, but uh, how did you guys feel about the issue? Eight out of ten, man. It's cool. I dig it. It's gorgeous. Deathstroke isn't Deathstroke supposed to train all these villains and kill anyone that doesn't join up? Cool. (laughs) Eight out of ten. I completely agree. It's still a very curious story uh, with just so much potential. I'm excited to see where it goes. Shadow War is going to be awesome. I am more than stoked to see what's going to happen with Respawn. That's an 8.5 for me. And the only other... like, There's one more reveal that I mentioned in our chats. Uh, There was that blonde woman near the end of the issue Mm. talking with the other villains in a Deathstroke-esque suit. And I think that was Terra. Which would be another twist that would be interesting because we don't typically see her in a deathstroke outfit yeah yeah no yeah no but then again and this is just me saying this we did earlier have people being told to just put on the fucking costume they are wearing deathstroke like costumes nobody seems to be very happy about it so potentially this blonde chick is just somebody wearing their work clothes Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. It could be. But damn, if it just, was Tara, just... and they bring back Tara nonchalantly like that, and that, I, I I feel like that would be a little odd. Was Tara? I I to be honest, I don't know what the deal is with Tara because I remember that she was alive in the uh, Christopher Priest Deathstroke run during Rebirth with yeah. the whole like Defiant stuff, but. I don't know if she's still been around since then or what the deal is there. She, yeah, it was it was very weird. Um, oh wait, no, I, I think there was also another cameo in the, like the uh, uh, death metal tie-in, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what I don't I don't I don't know what what other things she's been a part of outside of that. I'm just gonna say she's probably hiding out in Gamora. Yeah. Yeah. Good place to keep her. What? She's kind of bad news. Well, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, that about wrap it up for this part before we break her off. Yes, indeed. So we are going to take a brief commercial break, but we will be right back. So stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. We're going to jump right back into our reviews, starting with Catwoman number 40, taking us back to Gotham. Josh, I'm going to let you take point on that one. All right. Written by Teeny Howard and uh, Nicole Leone on art and colors by Jordi Belair. Lettering from Tom Napolitano and a cover from Jeff Decal. Decal, Dugal, whoever it is, he can draw like a motherfucker. 
Um, the summary goes by pretty quickly as it is a really quick read, but it's got amazing art in it. Catwoman is in pursuit of the person, um, the murderer of one of the girls that was in the club the other night when she went in and pretended to be a dancer. There's some internal drama going on amidst the Federico crime family. Catwoman works her way into the family, get close to him to get justice for the dancer. She's getting into things pretty heavy and gets the underboss, the Don's son, to work with her. He doesn't believe the warnings that she gives him, though, which is stupid. Catwoman's got no reason to lie when she's trying to help you out, or she wouldn't waste her time. In the meantime, Catwoman breaks into a museum and gets the attention of the family who come to take her out. Of course, Valmont is there, and he helps Catwoman out when she gets a blast of rock salt from one of the goons. The goons who Valmont kills while she is knocked out. See, that's pretty much it. I told you it was fast. Uh, there's there's more nuance there's more nuance to the story than that, and it is a really good one. But I do think that delving into it further would be like reading the book to people. So um, I'm 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 gonna leave it at that. But that that's the highlights. Catwoman is an amazing book. I love the voice that Teeny Howard is giving throughout this book. I'm enjoying it as a follow-up to Rom V's run. It fits. The transition was smooth. It has its own voice, but while not being jarringly different from the amazing run that we had from V. Catwoman still got it, man. I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. Loved it. Yeah, I, I'm awesome. right there with you. It is very fresh art. I think a very compelling story that's bringing Selena back to her roots. Uh, I I feel like I said the exact same thing last issue, but it's still <laughs> it's 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 a new take on the character while still the same thing we've seen before, which is good. Yeah, um, and yeah, hard to do. Yeah. It's really hard to do, and this is done so masterfully, so beautifully. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. New chapter for Catwoman. I'm all in for it. We're in the second part so far. I'm I'm probably not in on her being a crime boss again. Just being her own person, being her own character. And so far, that's what we're getting. I'm all in. Eight point five out of me. Hell yeah. Solid read. Uh, you know, great uh, great art from Nico Leone, as usual. I think the colors are really what's bringing this uh, this artwork to life um, from uh, from Jordi Belair. So, you know, just I was getting a lot of future usual. state vibes from this book. Interesting. Um, Did I, you not? I mean, I noticed a lot of the similar like art styles between the future state titles, not specifically Catwoman. But like the future state mm. titles that we saw, like with Harley Quinn and and uh, maybe in the and, colors uh, and, yeah, and Tim Drake in the colors and 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 whatnot, yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, just you know, solid stuff. Um, next issue, I think, is uh, bringing in Onyx, which is uh, is going to be pretty fun. I think kind of a old Green Arrow villain, I think, um, but had later become a part of the Bat family um, during some of the 2000 stuff, so I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, no, it was a quick read, so honestly, I didn't really have a ton to say about it. It's still a, kind of a sassier Catwoman than I think 
some might be used to from Rom V's run, although she, you know, definitely had her uh, her signature uh, wit there as well. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, like I said, it's just kind of solid. And uh, if you enjoyed Rom V's run and you're interested in seeing how that story progresses beyond Alleytown, then uh, this book I think will still be pretty satisfying for you. So, like I said, eight out of ten for me. Just kind of a uh, solid stuff all around. Hell yeah. Yeah. And if I'm following right, that would take us to another part of Gotham next, right? That is correct answer. And uh, also dealing with some uh, continued developments uh, within uh, Gotham City uh, as the Bat family are trying to figure all this nonsense out, but uh, hopefully they'll... uh, They'll work something out. So that is, of course, Detective Comics 1054, continuing our Arkham Tower saga. Uh, Rob, take it away. All right. This is from writer Mariko Tamaki, with art by Max Rayner, colors from Luis Guerrero, letters from Ariana Meher, and a cover from Irvin Rodriguez. I think my favorite cover of the bunch so far. It's just so simple, yet so beautiful. Uh, So the Batgirls and Batwoman are under attack in the sewer cave, but they quickly form a plan to take out the party crashers. I keep forgetting their name. And at the tower, a grand party is being planned, but while Nightwing is still being controlled by Psycho Pirate, he slowly regains control, and doing that causes Pirate to lose his grip on everyone else in the tower. Meanwhile, the party has begun... And the Batgirls are there undercover looking for the party crashers and Nightwing. But as he comes out, he warns Oracle about the fact that Psycho Pirate is the one controlling everyone. Just as things start spiraling down and the man named Siphon ends up killing someone in front of the crowd that Dr. Ware is speaking to. Uh, This starts a stampede of people trying to escape, but... The inmates have taken over the tower and all the exits are sealed shut. Siphon, I'll say kidnaps Dr. Ware and takes him up to his office with a gun pointed at his head claiming that the tower has been taken over and everyone is trapped inside. So we're finally getting to the climax points. Uh, It's day 24. We're near the beginning of the story again. And this is part 8 of 12. So I'm curious just how much more story is going to happen. Now that we've caught up to, to day 24, yeah. I assume the last four issues yeah. are just going to be, you know, how do we how do we fix this stuff? Yeah. I don't know. We finally got to the end of the arc and none too soon as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I figure next issue would be shit just going to hell and the inmates... Mm-hmm starting to kill people and Dr. Weir gets thrown out the tower. Now what the hell's with the last three issues? <laughs> Is it clean up? That's usually <laughs> just a one issue thing. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's an interesting story. I still love the art throughout every chapter so far. The covers have been awesome. I'm happy this part felt like it had a little bit more to offer. It's at this point just a run to the end though. I, I don't know. I'm just not 100% sold on this story anymore. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I'll give it a seven out of ten. It's still interesting. I still love the art. I'm just yeah, kind of over it. I I enjoyed it, 
but like I said, getting to the end finally is it feels like a blessing. I enjoyed the different points of the perspective. It took me a while to get there, filling in all the little blanks, and then we get to the end point, and I'm like, eh, you know, because at, at, at the same time, I'm just I'm over this part in the story. Honestly, I was hoping that Shadows of the Bat would be a bit more than just this arc. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just not the case. Uh, I'm going to have to give Detective. It looks great. I'm glad it was done all all right. But I'm going to have to give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. This, I mean, I feel like the last two issues, while they haven't been great, they... It feels like, or at least it felt like for me, it had finally kind of been picking up the steam that I had wanted it to. Um, that it really hadn't been, you know, in the first four or five issues or so. And now it felt like, you know, that everything's kind of closing in. Weir's finally getting his uh, his comeuppance. The Bat family's finally closing in on the Crashers and everyone else. Um, it just felt like we were finally moving. Um, and, and this issue, I think, was also just kind of continuing that as well. And so I actually kind of, as surprised as I was, I actually kind of came away, you know, somewhat enjoying it. So I, I ended up giving this one an 8.25 um, because, you know, it, it felt like we're finally at that point in the story where things have really ramped up. And now we're just, you know, seeing how it's all just going to fall out and, uh, and and go crazy because we know that, Everything, you know, by the end of day 24 is going to be total chaos. But how do you clean that stuff up? How is the Bat family going to try and clean that stuff up? That's what I'm really interested in. So, yeah. You needed the Windex. I guess so. Um, Or Bat Dex. As I'm sure Bruce would call it. Your your Bat-sponsored Windex for all of your Bat-themed window stains. Um, But, yeah, no, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's a... Hey, if there's bat shark repellent, you can bet your ass there's bat window cleaner. Um, <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> probably, some, some bat, probably some bat Drano, too. Because um, Lord knows you're going to need to clear that stuff when you need to. Um, but yeah, no, it uh, it was interesting for me, I think. A bit. What about that backup, though? What you got on that, Rob? All right, the backup. So this, um, we we do another jump in time. So this is now during the time of Azrael as Batman. We've got the Asbad stuff going on now. Uh, so the young red-headed boy is being hunted by Robin, the Tim Drake Robin, at the request of Bruce Wayne, but not to take him down, but to get him to safety. And Robin does find him, but at the same time, so does Asbats. And after Azrael shoots him with a battering, the boy then turns around and stabs him in the neck with the same battering, which then causes Azrael to shoot him again, and then send him flying off a bridge to his seemingly real death. So, what the fuck? This took a turn. What the hell's gonna happen next? (laughs) This just got dark, but then again, so was that era of Batman. It was very dark, so it kind of fits the tone. I just... Uh, what the hell is this story, man? I just want to know what the hell this is doing. <laughs> is it just going through the eras of Batman? Is that all this is? Does this kid mean anything? Is he dead? What the fuck is going on? I see uh. dead kids in Gotham. <laughs> I don't know. Things, things don't look so good for the boy with no name. 
Yeah. So surely the kid isn't dead yet, man. But so help me, if if this ends up that he's just a nobody or it's never revealed, I'm gonna be upset. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a rant and I'm probably gonna write a letter. I have to know who he is. I have to. It's just I have to. Yeah. just a necessity at this point but I feel like we're going to be disappointed no matter what the answer is <laughs> as long as I get an answer and I can say yeah. I'm disappointed with the answer that's way better than not getting an answer at all yeah that's very true I gave mine I, ga- I gave this one a 7 out of 10 rounds it up or adds it to the other one the whole issue got a 7 out of 10 for me not bad, could be better. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, it's a seven for me as well. All around seven in total. For same reasons, yeah. Brandon. Brandon. Did you say Zed again? <laughs> Not that I remember doing. <laughs> oh, he has disappeared. He has disappeared. I'm going to hop over into... I'm going to hop on over into Discord and see what's up. There he is. He is back. All right. Not too long without you. Excellent. Brandon? Yeah. No, my, my sorry. My internet crowded out for a second. No, that damn Ru- the damn Russians. Yeah. <laughs> they did it, you know it. But um we were just finishing up talking about uh the the backup and our thoughts on the issue as a whole. Yes. Uh main story finally getting there for me, eight point three five. Backup story, uh, whatever. Um, really feel like I've lost my interest, um, and uh, I, I again, I, I don't, I don't even know how old this kid is supposed to be. It feels like every year is a new five-year span in Gotham. I've been through like three Robins, and I swear this kid has grown like three years. So I guess Batman goes through a new Robin every single year. Which tracks, I suppose, but it just was still goofy to me. Anyway, I, I don't know. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I didn't really care that much. Um, so as a whole, I would probably give the issue like a 7.75 or something like that. All right. That's not too shabby. Yeah. I suppose the creators could live with that score. I suppose they could. <laughs> They'll have to. uh, I'm afraid I can't change. Because we can't be bought off. Yeah, we can't be bought off. Unless I got a job at DC Comics. No, I'm kidding. Um, I guess we should go on to our last title. sent me some wall art. (laughs) Yeah, or Jorge uh, carried me in his arms. Um, (laughs) On to our last uh, issue for this week. Uh, an issue I'm always excited to talk about, or a series I'm always excited to talk about, that is, of course, Action Comics, brought to us by our all-star team of uh, all-star Superman creators. Uh, 
written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art from Ricardo Federici, colors from Lee Lowridge, and letters from Dave Sharp. Clark Kent, Warlord of Warlord, um, who is giving John Carter, Warlord of Mars, a run for his money, is helping two young Felosians uh, hold their own in the ring, even though they could not be fucked with this guy and are basically like, back off, we want to earn our iron, we want to be war zoons, proper war zoons, Mongols way is the right way, and you're just some old fart who never really got to save us. Um, but just as Mongol steps out and asks them to really demonstrate what a war zoon is by, of course, killing each other, um, Clark steps in, does his whole Superman thing, tells Mongol to pick on someone his own size, and gets the shit beaten out of him because he's still weak at this point, and he does not know how to fight like a true member of of war world um even though he's been taking those lessons from krill ux uh but we cut away um to uh somewhere within war worlds i'm not exactly sure um where one of uh, mongols black order has uh been um i guess keeping uh, light ray's body for some reason, they're not really using it to power anything. It just looks like it's kind of hanging there. Um, because they don't want her to turn into light side, I'm telling you. Telling could you. be it, I suppose. Um, but it looks like right now they're using it for leverage as they have also brought OMAC and are willing to strike a deal with them um, in order to kind of uh, get what they both want. Uh, the members of Mongols Black Order can get the power of the OMAC, and uh, OMAC themselves uh, can get uh, the you know person that they love back and get Light Ray back. Um, so I guess looks like she's gonna they're gonna make a, a pretty tough decision on uh, what exactly they want to do. But it seems like OMAC might be our our traitor uh, that was mentioned in one of the upcoming solicits. We go back to the Kryptonian pits where. Uh, <clears throat> Clark is attempting to teach these young Felosians about the importance of standing for truth and justice. They're not giving any of that the time of day at first, but then Clark really breaks it down for them and says, no, puts his hand down and says, no, you are Felosians. You don't want to be like Mongols war zoons. You are from a proud race of people and you, you know, should honor that and treasure that above anything else instead of Mongols barbaric ways. Uh, but before he can continue on his soapbox, Nat, Natasha Irons, shows up and lets Superman know that it's all going down tomorrow. They're bringing down War World, but the only way that they can do it is to hit the Star Forges, which unfortunately is going to kill it's quite a number of people. Hell yeah. It's going down. It's going down. <laughs> you got to hit the Star Forges. That's going to kill thousands of people. And Clark is, of course, not having any of it. Um, and, uh, you know, sounds very Superman to me, uh, but thankfully Krillux has what he believes could be another way that, uh, Clark could, uh, save the Felosians and liberate War World without bringing down the Star Forges and sacrificing countless lives. But what is that plan, you ask? Well, <clears throat> Krillux decides to take Clark through... Uh, a little bit of a tour uh, on Arrakis um, with all the sandworms and everything else uh, before leading him to the necropolis 
which according to Krillux is a place of great power within the Genesis Stones that could potentially give Clark the power to take down war worlds without having to sacrifice millions but unfor- or thousands, but uh, <clears throat> before he can make any kind of conclusive uh, decisions about the Genesis Fragment, he realizes that... <clears throat> Excuse me. No. <clears throat> wow, thanks. <clears throat> he realizes that the two Felosian children are in danger uh, from Mongols, thugs, who have shown up and are decided to snuff out these two little brats before they can get into any more trouble or spread any more of their nonsense ideas about truth and justice. Um, there's also a story about Martian Manhunter that admittedly I kind of had to skim through because it didn't really have that much time and I want to prioritize the main story. But John is doing his thing, I think, um, and uh, it's somewhat interesting from what I remember. I, I really have to kind of go back and properly reread this again. I didn't spend much time with that one. I really wanted to make sure I focused on getting all my notes down for the main story. But that being said, um, the main story is as as it has been for the past 10, 12 issues so far. It's been amazing. This is a Superman book that I think everyone should be reading. This is the Superman book that you should be reading. Son of Kal-El has its great moments, but I gotta be honest, if I had to choose between the two, I would absolutely go with this one. This is Again, Superman, War World of War Worlds, um, or War Lord of War Worlds, um, just just being Superman and trying to liberate these people and getting really down to earth with it. And it's just great. It's just really great. Um, and I feel like I sound like a broken record, but that's because it's true. Um, and like I said, the War World saga, for my money at least, is the Superman story that you should be reading. It's quintessentially Superman. It's amazing. Um, we just, I mean breathtaking art from Ricardo Federici and mind you we'd already had breathtaking art from Daniel Sempere and uh, Miguel Mendoncha so I think that speaks to the book's art quality that it just has not dropped within you know the past 12 issues so it's amazing you absolutely should be reading it 9.25 out of 10 absolutely um, I guess I could t- touch on the backup a little bit, Rob, fill in any blanks that you think you might be able to. But basically, this is an, another um, another issue where the past is coming back to haunt Martian Manhunter, and he is decidedly, the whole point, it looks as though the whole point is of him shedding all of his previous identities to just be the Martian Manhunter. It calls out to some old... Uh, old Martian Manhunter trivia um, referring to him as the Bronze Wraith and um, as Marco Xavier and uh, the Bronze Wraith was actually um, the Martian Manhunter's first secret identity you can check it out in it's in a Madame Xanadu arc from about 10 years ago and the Martian Manhunter American Secrets uh, miniseries from like 30 years ago. And then um, Marco Xavier came from way back in the late 60s when uh, Martian Manhunter went undercover as Marco Xavier to try and take down a cartel called Vulture. And um, he says that he's not Bronze Wraith, he's not Marco Xavier, he's not even John, jo- John Jones anymore. He's just 
Martian Manhunter. And after the really super weak-ass backups that we have had since Martian Manhunter started being a backup, I'm actually interested in this now. Really? Um, you didn't like the uh, Tales of Metropolis ones? I thought you enjoyed those no, ones. No, I did enjoy those ones. Since since Martian Manhunter took over the backups, I haven't uh, liked them. They've been really cheesy and seemingly pointless, and I've given them horrible scores. This one, however, I did enjoy. Um, I, think it, I think it was epic. Uh, as far as a backup for Martian Manhunter could go, the first part of the book, though, that dude, that just continues to be amazing. There's still so much story left, so many different ways it could go. Will Midnighter shut them down, the forges down? Will Superman actually power up from the Genesis, which is what I'm expecting? Or are both of them going to fail and Mom- Mongols just going to whoop their asses again? I don't know. The backup got an 8, the front got a 9, so I gave the whole issue an 8.5. Action Comics... Comparing, if I, ha- I mean, I get the comparison. It's a Superman comic to a Superman comic, but they are two entirely different comic books, and not just in like physical form. There's just two totally different kinds of theme stories going on here, and Action Comics is kicking ass. Um, this is more than a Superman story, and I, I don't know if I could describe it better than that. This is a Superman story, but it's more. Than a Superman story. It, this feels like the next evolution of what Superman is supposed to be. And as a fan, uh, somebody who doesn't get hung up on the past and whatnot, I, I I love it and I'm looking forward to it. To more. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> 100% agree. I 100% I was going to say, it's, dude. No, that sounded like is, a, the art is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the art is good. The art, No, the art's not good. The art is fucking fantastic. Just like mm-hmm. the story. Every issue so far of the main story has been deep and engaging. Just amazing art. I never want this team to leave the book. Uh, I understand that Philip Kennedy Johnson probably has the this one long saga that he's planned out, and that might be it, which is very unfortunate because oh, I would love to see more from this guy. But these things do happen. Writers do tend to have just one giant arc they want to write, and that's it. But I would love it if this team stuck around. Definitely. We, we've seen so many great artists with PK... PK... I'm just going to... Philip Kennedy Johnson... <laughs> Um, I, I'm just going to keep referencing Ghostbusters if I try to use his initials. PK meter, um, I was about to say. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> it's a PK uh, meter. Yeah. Yeah. But this this is just the perfect pairing. It really is. It's, oh my god, it's so good. And as for the backup, I, I, I miss having a, a regular Martian Manager book. I really hope this backup will... will bring people back to wanting a mainstay Marsh Manager book again. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, 8.75 on the main, uh, 7.5 for the backup. Uh, I'll give it... That's good. I'll give it an 8, 8.25 in total. Solid issue. 
solid. Indeed. All right. Well, with all that done and all that said, I think it's time we moved on to our top three books for this week. So I am going to let Josh kick it off and give us his top three books of the week and a standout moment. Well, I didn't really like any of this week, so I'm going to go back to uh, Justice League and Harley Quinn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course I am. Uh, my top three this week in very specific order because it was so close. It took a lot of thinking for me to put this in here. Number three, I gave to Robin. Number two, I gave to Task Force Z, the 26th letter of the alphabet. And number one goes to Action Comics. And uh, if you've listened to our reviews, all of those should seem pretty damn evident as to why I put them in my top three. Hot damn. Those were also my top three, so you saved me the trouble of having to uh, repeat myself. You mean repeat me? So, well, yeah, I guess repeat you. (laughs) Did you say it already once? Anyway. (laughs) Said it in my mind. All right. Said it in his mind. He's a telepath. How about you, Rob? You psychic? Uh, No. Shit, I tried. Um, <laughs> as for my top three, I, I do not have Task Force Z, the 27th letter of the alphabet, but I do have... Uh, <laughs> he tacked on an extra fucking letter. <laughs> He's like the 26th through the 28th letter, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so. Brandon, was that sounded like a, a hairball. What was that? Yeah, no, I, I had to. This was a gag reflex, honestly. I just oh. felt sick to my stomach. You said have Superman take a look at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <He's>, he's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I feel like it's something, something that I heard or listened to that uh, that brought on that just horrible feeling of nausea. Something I, I distinctly Canadian. It might have been. It's not it just Canadian. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like Brian Adams, then? Uh, yeah. Brian Adams, maybe six. Uh. I don't. I kid, I kid. Uh. All right. You know, story, and I feel like I've mentioned it before. I, I do talk a lot about how Dragon Ball Z is the only time I'll say Z. But uh-huh. in France, they actually uh-huh. call it Dragon Ball Z. France is weird, and you can't count on them for anything. They do a 30-hour work week. Adults get naps, and the national beverage is wine. You can't trust them. Hey, I, I won't diss a, a good nap now and again. Yeah, nice. Wine doesn't sound half bad. <laughs> All right, fuck it. We're moving to France. Uh, uh, no, we are not. The comics don't come out on time in Europe, damn it. Oh, yeah, fuck that, then. Yeah, distribution's I mean, all screwed, so unfortunately we're going to have to stick here for a while. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, top three. No more alphabet talks. So <laughs> this is my number three book is Action Comics. Yeah, I just talked about it. We all know what's up with that. Number two, I had Aquaman. Y'all heard that before. It's a friggin' solid issue. And number one, oh, yeah. another solid issue is none other than Mr. Robin. What a great book. 
Oh my god, it's the best thing Joshua Indeed. Williamson has written. Yeah, yeah, I will give yeah, you that, Joshua Williamson. Opinion, yeah. yes. Nope, knocked it out of the park with Robin. That's his best book to yeah. date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at yeah, the very least, his better, best uh, mainstream main publisher book. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say yeah, that, or uh, I still really, really dug the that first arc of Batman Superman, but I would probably say this one is my favorite. Yes, favorite moments, man. Yes. Uh, my, my number four, like by 0.1% was Aquaman. And that's where my favorite moments came from. Um, I had two, they were both from Aquaman, uh, the end of Aquaman where Arthur tells Jackson about black Manta being on their team. There was something about the feel of that panel that just made me go, Oh, this is going to be good. Just that one panel. But at the same time, I absolutely loved, I mentioned it earlier, when Jackson beats the fucking snot out of that giant sea dragon. And Aquaman's like, you okay, dude? I thought you had your shit under control. (laughs) (laughs) Catch up. (laughs) Right. Get off my back, Dad. (laughs) But those were definitely my two favorite moments in in, in, in the whole week. Yeah, there were uh, there were a lot of great moments in uh, in this week's book, so it was definitely hard to choose. Lots of surprisingly quotable moments, very entertaining moments, and uh, some I think funny moments. I don't know if they were intended to be funny, but they were funny to me. But I think the the standout one was just Flatline, Robin, and Hawk taking out Master Dusk's um, Master Dusk's fighters. Just awesome, awesome stuff, and. I I, uh, I I mean, I know I already gave the pitch of Connor going off to a Kung Fu book, and I still stand by that, but if he can't do that, please at least let him stay in Robin. I just, uh, Connor's just such a great character, and he works so well with Damien. And honestly, that was like another contender I had for a great moment, which was um, Damien and, and, and Connor have a little interaction, and Damien's like, catch up, bird boy. Hawk is or Connor Hawk's like, who are you? It's just like, oh, I would just love to see this riff for just a little more time. Um, so right? If, if they if they can't if they can't do the kung fu book, which I think they should, um, I would love to see Connor stick around in this book. I think it would be great. I would love to see Robin start up his own team. All right. Yeah. Teen Titans can't be a the thing. Birds of I don't prey. want that to be a thing. Because oh. they're birds. <laughs> but, so John John is setting up Nightwing for advice, and I'd like to see that relationship get closer, and it would be cool if we saw an opposites attract kind of uh, a friendship, broship develop between Robin and Hawk. Um, I would love that so much. I, I still, would love it I so much. The idea that, um, I, think, I forget if it was you, Josh, or Rob who would pitch the idea of um but it was it was like hawk and robin or robin and hawk as like a yeah either book. one would sound good that's still a great idea that's still a great idea yeah it so absolutely is different. or and, and if we're not just going to have them two in it which of course no matter what they would have to be the the main two but we could also bring in ravager we could also bring in flatline i mean those people can go off and do their own thing the only ones that really yeah. don't have anything to do are Robin and Hawk or Hawk and Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't matter. However you wanna however you wanna 
turn that around, phrase that, oh, change it every other. Man. Never mind. Don't change it every other no. issue. That'll be hard on my index. You know, but you know, you know who you should get. You should get. <laughs> you're gonna laugh. You should get oh, um, Connor Hawk, Roy Harper, Damian Wayne, and um, uh, Rose Wilson Ravager, and um, I, I almost forgot his name for a second. Jericho, and you can have your own team of children with shitty dads. I don't know what the name would be, but it would be like that. Because it would be perfect, right? Because oh, no. like all of them had terrible father figures or father figures who neglected them, and they can all just team up and sit in a room and just talk about how they all have daddy issues or like father, well, not daddy issues, but like father issues, and then they can go Task on Force D or something like that. Yeah, Task Force D for yeah. terrible dads. Task Force D. That oh, one I would God. gladly read. Oh man. Just for the shits of it. It'd be better than Robin's. Yeah. Yes, yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every issue uh, ended with a therapy session. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, speaking yeah. of therapy sessions, uh, there there was a book this week that uh, Brandon very well <sighs> might need a <Yes>. therapy <laughs> session over. So why don't we talk about The Biggest Thinker. Oh, that was cool. oh that's nasty. <laughs> Ugh. Thank you, Cleveland Brown. Yes, it was very nasty. Um, yeah, the biggest stinker for this book was, without a doubt for me, Teen Titans Academy number 12. I gave it a no score because I didn't even feel like this book deserved a score, even a zero. It was um, terrible, and I, I didn't like it. Um, and I wish I hadn't read it, and it was a waste of time. Um, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> Never heard Brandon be mean before. (laughs) It's bringing me joy, and I don't know why. (laughs) I really, really didn't like it. It was just a terrible read. And you know what? I'm actually justified in this, because I went to Comic Book Roundup, and the score, the average score for Teen Titans Academy was like, I shit you not, an 18 out of 100. Damn, that's like a two out of so, ten. That's even lower than I what feel, you gave. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel completely that, valid. That's a one point eight, and you gave it a zero. Yeah, I gave it an NA, as in not applicable, because I'm not going to uh, give it a score. It doesn't even deserve a score. Yeah, or or I'm just going to leave it blank. Like if I had to write down my score, it would be empty. I know that defaults to a zero, but in this case, it doesn't even get a zero. Like it doesn't even get a score. It's Damn. so unimportant. So there you go. It's like the teacher looked up from the desk head. and says, you don't even want to try, do you? No. <laughs> and the fact that I tried makes me depressed that, again, I didn't read something that should have been better. Like I, I wish right. that I had read hardware or any other book. I wish that I had got the time to read the um, Martian Manhunter backup instead of this waste of time. Anyway, that's... Oh, for sure, because it was That was my good. biggest thinker. Yeah. Did, did well, you finish it? Did you finish TTA? Oh no, I finished it. Oh. Yeah, no, I finished it. That's that was my point. Like I, I wasted time actually finishing this. Hmm. I was going to see it through. I was going to finish it. I just I wish that I hadn't. Fair enough. 
Well, I guess that's going to lead me to ask, is there anything you wanted to add to the dump list? Uh, well, before we do that, shouldn't you guys give your biggest stinkers for this week? Or did you not have one? Oh, yeah. No, mine was t Titans Academy. My bad. Yeah. Same here. TTA. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of fucking unanimous. To the point where I didn't realize we hadn't said it yet. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, Although you man. guys certainly enjoyed it a lot more than me, so. More. Than uh, I mean, I, I thought it was okay, stronger. but yeah. Glad it's over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have any to nominate for the dump list or any to pull from the dump list. I would put TTA, but we're almost at the end. So at this point, you can you can survive three more issues. All right, Rob, what about you, crossover, man? And we're, we're reading the other two books in the crossover. So. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Stuck for now. Yeah. Stuck for now. Oh, not, not really excited about the crossover, but it's here. No, it is that indeed it is. here. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have any to add on the dump list, and I don't know if y'all have been reading it or not, but uh, Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target. I did read this one. It sucks. I'll be honest. I, I kind of just flipped I, through the last one and stopped reading. <laughs> Fucking yeah, right. I... I Still enjoy it, though I admit this week's issue, like, was uh, kind of insane. Um, more it's insane than insane. I think some of the previous ones had been. Um, but I'm, I'm still willing And they to were fucking week. nuts. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a good creative team on it and everything. It just doesn't have me there. Just does not have me there. Yeah. I, Fair enough. I'm so Fair close. Enough. I'm almost tempted to say tech. I'm so tempted, but I'm I'm not going to because it's it's freaking detective comics. Uh, well, no, hold on. There yeah. is no comic book named tech. Tech. No, that I, is not a thing. Man, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't called it tech in a while though. Oh man, I that's, hate that's it. That's how I used to put it on my poll. Really? Um, yeah, I would when I when I would send it my stuff. Everybody in, does it. Literally, shit. just like apostrophe T E C. Um, but yeah, yeah. I guess I just tech, got so ten twenty seven. No. Now. Yeah. No, yeah. it breaks my heart a little bit. Um, but no, it I, breaks I think my heart. I I, think, I actually had to think, Google what the fuck people were talking about calling it tech. Really. Oh, yeah, I'm like, is this some kind of fucking new book that I'm not familiar with? It can't be new. It's on fucking <laughs> issue nine eighty seven for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, no, this is nope, in, uh, it was this, detective. Yeah, this is some new series. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think I think if that is the case, and and maybe if you know, detective still isn't going that great, you know, after the Arkham Tower stuff, then uh, maybe we could consider um, kind of retiring that one until it improves. Even if it is detective, we'll have to we'll have to see where it goes because if it doesn't get away from the damn shadows of the bat nonsense and this minute by minute twenty four style sh- 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 show shit, then I'm just I'm just not into it, man. And it was doing so fantastic. Yeah, I mean, 
hell, for Mariko Tamaki's own mouth, if we keep scoring an under an eight, it's also on the dump list. Yep, that's true. That's true. That is true. That is true. We have to actually have to live up to that. From your words to our ears, Mariko Tamaki. From your words to our ears. But on on a fair note, I did give the main story an eight this week. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, uh, like I said, I, I... Thought it was actually going places, but uh, yeah. If we don't have anything to add to the dump list, I think we should uh, call it a call it a night, gentlemen. I do as well. Yeah. All right. Well, with that all wrapped up, that is our show for this week, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will be here next week talking comics, and as always, we hope you will stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. Um, I think we mentioned last week, site's been renovated a little bit. We're uh, on Substack now, so hopefully we'll have some new newsletters to send at you um, and uh, get you some some interesting reviews and other kinds of content out there that you can uh, enjoy. Uh, But with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. I don't care. I love this outro song. <laughs> nice. It makes me dance every time. I'm, I, I made this thing. Oh, you made That's it? That's even me singing in the back going, not a robot, not a robot. Oh, damn. <laughs> Man, what a damn good week for Robin. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. And Deathstroke Inc. is cranking up. And I did not have faith in that being a good series. Yeah, it's really surprised me with how much I've enjoyed it, honestly. I I, I thought it was going to be crap. (laughs) Yeah, Especially when, what, episode two, we were shown Deathstroke riding a unicorn?